Hello, listening people. Hello. You're listening to Spin Posh Presents Unappreciated Masterpieces. I am one of your hosts, Ryan Swinski. And so am I regarding the hosts, but not the name. My name's Bartek. Bartek, a pleasure to hear your voice once again. Yours too, actually. Thank. Now, <laughs> but, Just the one, yeah. Well, I was too excited. I didn't know whether to say thanks or thank you, so I just said thank. Yep. Um, Bartek, we're doing our show on Appreciate Masterpieces, the show in which we provide a feature-length audio commentary track for the movies that seemingly don't deserve a commentary track. Why is that? Yeah, that's kind of the mission statement, finding out why that is. It's just for some reason... I know. Humanity, humankind, peeps, as they sometimes are known as. Yep, that's what they're known as. do not respect, love, adore certain films that we believe deserve them. Yep. They, they, they relegate them to this... We made the term, I guess, but unappreciated masterpiece. Level. Yes, trademarked. We made it. You can't use it. Can't if use it. If we see a show out there called this, we're going to sue you. Exactly. We haven't made a single cent this whole time. Hopefully, we have a guest. We hopefully we have a guest that knows about the law. Maybe the law of unappreciated masterpieces. Yeah, that and copyright law. Ah, uh, law and because law. we own the law, the law and the law. The law of the law. I really am holding myself back from qu- quoting Judge Dredd right now. <laughs> I am the law! The law! So, Bartek... I am the law. The law. Bartek, what's the film? The I need film? you to tell me. Because the- we're spin posh, I can leave because we're spitting. We're both Polish. So you need to do your part now, which is telling us the movie. Yes, the unappreciated masterpiece of the episode is... Poślubiłem Modercinie. You know what? At recent, over the last couple of months... Most of the Polish titles you've given me have made me giggle. Mm-hmm. This one, not so much. It sounds very informative. Mm-hmm. It sounds straight to the point. I imagine there, there's no distinct difference between this and the English title. I imagine it's word for word the same. It's not word for word, but it's pretty much the exact spirit of so it. So, what is the spirit? The Because I don't speak Polish. Poślubio Mordercinia translates to I Married a Murderess. A murderess? Yes. Of the axe variety, though? Well, no axe in so this no, title. So, not axe body spray, okay? No, no. If you watch <laughs> if you watch the unappreciated masterpiece in question, you're going to be thinking about axes the whole way through because exactly. they're so prominent. <laughs> the film that we are watching is the 1993 classic, So I Married an Axe Murderer. So I Married an Axe Murderer? Really? I mean, yes. <laughs> I'm not married yet. Uh, I'll find out soon enough. Yeah. But Bartek, do we have a guest? Yeah. Do we have a guest who knows the law? You already said that, so yeah. But do we have one? I said we might have one, but Ah, do we have one? Might indeed we do. Okay, who are they? They're mighty too. Mighty ducks? I'm not a duck. Quack quack. When I look at him, I don't think One of the people in this movie is in the Mighty Ducks movie, so just want to point that out. Are there any animals in this film? (laughs) There's a butcher shop. (laughs) So there are dead animals. (laughs) They, They count as animals. Speaking of animals... Our guest this episode is not dead. I didn't say dead animals, so don't worry. Our guest is Luke Peverell. So I married an axe murderer? Yeah, you did. So I just want to get in on that. Hey, <laughs> listening people. Hello. I like Luke. how your one was a Hello, question. <laughs> Ryan. Hello, Bartek. It's very Hello. nice to be here. It is very nice to hear you once again. Thank you. Through our audio waves. In the headphones, yeah. Well, they're audio waves. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, mine is black, Ryan's is red, and... Bartex is yellow. That's our penises, but uh, yes. but what about uh, our microphones? Oh, the microphones. <laughs> Bartek, <laughs> I love Bartek. Bartek's looking, when Luke says that, he's looking directly at his yellow <laughs> microphone, and he's just like, what if well, mine no, is I, yellow? I took the headphones off, Have and I was looking at the them. the cream on it. 
I yeah, told you to cream. put the cream on it. So, listening yeah. people, you have to have your copy of this masterful feature film, So I Married an Axe Murderer from 1993, because I have a copy, you should have a copy. Attain it through any means necessary. Go to Mike Myers' house, <laughs> dig it out of his backyard where he keeps it in a bunker, <laughs> and uh, then drag it to shore to because be he lives near the beach. I'm picturing like Mike Myers having a pet cemetery of all the movies he's Oh, yeah, done. of course, of course. And they all come back the same an axe murder from 1993 is probably not they all come back they all come back with ratings between five and seven you're right so get your copy because i'm going to do a countdown from three down to one i'm going to say play you press play at the same time and we'll be lined up as we speak about the film so i married an axe murderer so get ready because i'm going to start this in three two one play so luke yes history with the movie what's yours well, I do know that this was the first film that Mike Myers did after the Wayne's World. And as we all know, Wayne's World was a huge success. So it was, it was. Love it. I, Yeah, I guess he just saw his star on the rise and thought, you know what? A tri-star? A tri-star, even. <laughs> yeah, I made it. I made the comment about and the film production he company. Thought, Not a joke, I, just a statement. I'm going to be there a beat again. poet in my next movie. Well, yeah, he's a beat poet. It took me a little while to figure that out, I'm going to be honest. I thought um, he was a stand-up comedian for the but, first uh, 20 minutes of the movie, but as, then they're aside, like, oh, it's a poet. Aside from that, um, recently was my first time watching it. Ooh, so, first timer. Well, so, this came out in 93. That was the year I was uh, born. All three, born. Of, us born, yeah. All three oh. of us had no excuse then not to yeah. see it. Us tiny, wrinkly babies. <laughs> I love the title. I like Just it. zooming yeah. in on screen. Like, <laughs> like, like it comes in flat and then it moves itself. Then uh, now they're separating. Oh, my yeah. God. So, Bartek, yes. your history with this movie. Do you have any? Because I would say that, um, you know, we've done the Love Guru and stuff like that. And we've talked about Mike Myers before. And you and I... Uh, on a level, very big Mike Myers fans. Yeah, we, yeah. We like quite a lot of his stuff. And so, have you seen this? Uh, this is one of the films <laughs> that I said yeah. we should do on the podcast. Oh, you did? And the reason why is because I had never seen it. Oh, yeah. I'd first heard of it either 10 or 11 years ago in uh, an English class. Oh. We were doing poetry, and our teacher showed us the Harriet poem. Oh, you got to do poetry in high school? That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, he showed us, she did showed you have us... to make a poem? We had to make many poems. Oh. Were you good at it? Oh, I my think God. I got good marks. I have some at home. I like this. Oh, you should have brought them. You should have oh. brought them so I that I could have read them as Mike Myers. <laughs> Harriet! Hey, just quick question. I have not seen the 21 Jump Street movies, but I have seen clips from them. Mm-hmm. Isn't there the exact same sequence in one of the 21 Jump Street movies where Jonah Hill's doing a slam poem and it's very much the same cadence as Mike Myers' slam poetry? I think, yeah, he's on like a school stage or something. Yeah, he is. He's like at a local college. And it's the exact same... He says the name, then the name three syllables. Yeah, and isn't it the exact same as Mike Myers here where Mike Myers says it like, Harriet! 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 Yeah, yeah, and then doesn't Jonah Hill so. do it the exact same fashion? What I'm saying is Jonah Hill ripped this movie off. I think maybe he... You're a fucking hack, Jonah. I think I'm going to uh... take all those Oscar nominations back from you. You're a fucking hack. Your I days think... are numbered, Jonah. I think his rhythm was a bit faster, but yeah, now that you mentioned it, there was something like that. Do you that. think it may have been an homage? I don't think so. I think he's just a, a hack. You're right. Jonah I mean, Hill... Hey, Mike Myers was clapping when he saw that, I'm sure. More like Jonah Hack, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> so, oh. Jonah Hex. So anyway, I, I hadn't heard of this film until that 
class, and it just always stuck in my head, like, I, I've seen a fair few Mike Myers films, I've never heard of this one, and the title is just so... Intriguing. What, intriguing. what do we make of the, like, this particular POV shot of the I think of it's the, uh, great. I think it adds a lot of flavour to the aesthetic of the movie. This is very 90s, you've got the music, you got the atmosphere. Where we are. But also... The giant mug of coffee kind of thing really screams at nineties aesthetic as mm. well, and uh, Mike Myers. Mike Myers giving a Mike Myers reaction. <laughs> it was hard not there to he hear is. Austin Powers when he Cat did this particular hat. bit, especially with the hello. Um, my uh, any more you want to tell us about? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I just want to. Sorry, sorry. It took me honestly till the next scene to know that that was Anthony Lapaglia. <laughs> I was like. Oh, right. this is when's Anthony kind of gonna come on <laughs> because right, this man. is not him, but it is. But go on. Yeah, yeah. Just just to finish off my my history, I I had thought about this film quite a number of times over the last decade, just because you know the weird poem and the title, and I didn't know anything about it. And I remember there was a point two years ago I was on a bus and I was thinking about oh you know when we do the podcast we always have. When we when there's an actor we haven't seen yet, we talk about their history a bit. Yeah. And at that point, we hadn't done any Mike Myers films, and I was thinking, oh, maybe we should do, you know, the Axe Murderer thing. That'll be interesting. We eventually ended up doing Love Guru, but the I classic I, Love Guru. But I still always wanted to try doing this Axe Murderer film, and finally, I got to see it, and I I'm very happy with it. Well, I had seen this movie before. This was in the era in which my parents got DVDs of anything mm-hmm. and they're like oh Mike were they, Myers um, were they burn DVDs no or? no real DVDs oh, I mean oh. my mum works in retail so she was always seeing DVDs so she's like oh this and then my dad you know whatever but it's just like uh, this was one of those oh Mike Myers is, Ryan really likes Mike Myers and we like Mike Myers because I was a huge Austin Powers fan still am like I've been you getting saw all three in the cinemas right uh yes actually yes I did mm. <laughs> but um this is one of those things where it's like Mike Myers is one of those things where history has not been favorable to him. I've gotten into many arguments over the years that the Austin Powers movies are still funny. Mm, People think they're very much dated and not funny and it doesn't work. And I'm like, no, no, they work. It's just because you're so used to modern comedy now where it's like, ah, fuck it. We don't have to try. Yeah, um, I, I watched the I watched the shit out that of it. That's a dire take on modern comedy. <laughs> and this has a few Austin Powers alumni right. in it. You know, we have um, one or two people. Mm. So ah, yes, one or two. Yeah, you know, it's just interesting. Obviously, Mike Myers, but also there's Mike the Myers peanut, playing dual roles. There's too. the peanut vendor guy from the Austin Powers movies who's in this as the obituary writer, mm. the big fat guy with the mustache. We all know that guy. Like when we get to that scene, we know him. He's also in Seinfeld in a singular episode, and it's great because in that mm. scene, he's with Kramer, who's been in a few Seinfeld episodes himself. Who yeah. um is in this movie too? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like he's in yeah. he's in the sequence, but uh. My history is I've seen this on I owned it on DVD, watched it several times, but honestly, I haven't watched it in well over a decade, mm. and I do I did not remember a single thing other than when he did the poem. I was like, oh yes, I There's remember this, and a I remember specific poem. The way the poem, yeah, when he did this, I was like, oh yes, the woman one. Woman, well, they're all the same poem. That's the joke, except mm. when he changes the words. Yeah, but they're all the same cadence and rhythm and everything, and he has the same thing with the cigarette and the Aww, candle. Cat. Betty, Judy, but uh, and I also remembered the twist. Yeah, I also remembered the twist. But I will be honest, I forgot the twist as well because I thought it was her mother. Right. I thought it was like a mother-in-law thing. I forgot that that, that Honey Bunny from Pulp Fiction was in this. 
That's the sister. Ah, that's who it yes. was. How can you not? She has such a recognizable <laughs> voice. Like she's got this really odd voice, Amanda mm. Plummer, and it's just like the way she speaks is, is you know, the way she yells in particular, where she's just like, I gotta speak like this. It's so weird. It's just so in the back of the throat. Mm. So I was like, oh, it's Honey Bunny. Uh, <laughs> you know what I found interesting about this is that like usually the uh, the protagonist that Mike Myers is sort of exemplifying here is usually like they're trying to be do something they love and they're bad at it. But, but here, he's celebrating. Yeah, he, he's he's a kick-ass beat poet, which is an interesting. Uh, well, situation. it's hard to be a sucky beat poet, I think. <laughs> uh, meats of the world, yum yeah. yum. Yeah, that was an interesting thing because. Anthony Lapaglia kind of made it sound like, oh, dude, you're a one-trick pony. And I, I guess I mean, he's, he's not wrong. that is the joke, but he's really popular. Well, mm. like I said, I, it took me a little while to realize it was a proper beat thing. I thought it was just an open mic night in general. But the guy before mm. him, we didn't get to hear what his poem was, but we heard the silly title. Yeah. And I thought mm. it was like a, Mike Myers was a stand-up comedian for a little bit. Then I thought this was like one of his stand-up things because mm. it was so silly. Yeah. I, but then it turned out to be genuine, and then it took me... Because he comes across not so much as like a beat poet, but more of an aspiring comedian. And I think mm. maybe that's one of the weaknesses I have with the movie. I wish that they kind of made him more pretentious in yeah, an artsy he's way. Not that pretentious, which is no, he's he's a, he's a, he's a he's a he's a comedic guy. Yeah. So I think mm. it would have been better if he was a either stand-up comedian like a Jerry Seinfeld type, like again with a Seinfeld What's kind of thing. What's the deal with Haggis? Yeah, exactly. Well, he well he does have a catchphrase. Hello! Which <laughs> is very Mike Mike. Yeah, since, <laughs> since all I knew was the, the Harriet poem, since he was doing like a beat poetry thing right at the beginning, I was thinking like, oh, okay, so I guess this is like his thing and also it's a coffee house. So yeah. I kind of put it together. And even that scene just there where he got the haggis, I remembered in the poem he mentions Harriet something, something Harbinger of Haggis. So I'm like, oh, yeah. this must be the Harriet character or something. And here ah, we are, yeah. Scottish yeah. Wall of Fame. Is that fucking Sean Connery? He is. <laughs> he, I mean, he is Scottish. Oh, I must not have been paying it. The label below the picture That's... also said Sean Connery. It says all the names. It did. I'll admit. Now, I'll here's, here's Michael Myers in his second role in the film. Mm. Uh, this kid was in one of the Mighty Ducks movies, mm. or several of them, I can't tell, but he was in a lot. He's got that 90s... We all know the mum, don't we? Frizzy hair thing. We all know the mum? Anyone? Uh, she's very Anyone? familiar. I think, have we seen Bueller. her before in this podcast? No. No. But she's in an iconic movie uh, uh, with with a certain um, um, child star of that era. Um, who was the child star of the 90s? Nope. Macaulay Culkin? Yes. Uh, so what movie? Come on. Um, was it one of the Home, Home Alone 2? Yes, she's Pigeon Lady in oh, Home Alone 2. Oh, she's the Pigeon ah. Lady. The iconic it. Pigeon Lady in Home Alone 2. Now she's. Uh, this movie has quite a lot of people in it, though. Better. Like, of rising Stupid fame and well known acclaim. Like, you know, Anthony LaPaglia is rising at this point. People don't really know. I mean, you know, but we know him now. He's great in this. I loved him. He was probably my favorite, if I'm honest. Him and Alan Arkin. Alan Arkin was <laughs> Alan, my favorite. Yeah, I yeah. love Alan Arkin. He's Alan Arkin. Yeah, Alan Arkin's just the best. He's very wholesome. Wholesome. Yeah, he was in this, actually. Um. What did we think of, um, since you two hadn't really seen the movie mm, before, well, yeah. you, but you had seen a clip of the movie, Single so clip. you had more context than Luke ever did, <laughs> mm, I guess. All right, what was you, your expectations and how did you feel watching this, guys? Because, you know, I've, I've lived this life before, but on a level for me, it was a fresh viewing and I was mm. like, oh, I forgot Mike Myers was kind of this character. Yeah, well, one of the things, again, with the, the, the title sitting in my head for 
a decade and knowing that Mike Myers was the lead, I had a hard time, even though his name is, you know, Michael Myers, thinking that this would be, like, in a horror or thriller-esque film. And it wasn't super, you know, horror thrillery until, like... Near the end. There's just a lot of paranoia going on, basically. Yeah, it's a fear. Yeah, but there's a lot of comedy going at it, so... When I saw an IMDb that, yeah, this is listed under, like, crime and thriller, technically. I um, mean, not wrong. Yeah, I know. IMDb generalizes a bit, but yeah, it, it does fulfill it in the end. Um, yeah, it was just this question in my head of, like, so how, how dark is this film going to, going to be? Yeah. Yeah, so that was one of the things that was interesting to me. And for, for most of it, yeah, it kind of just rode the comedy wavelengths. Fair enough. Luke, what about you? Um, this film was um, a bit of an interesting revelation for me because i i'm most familiar with mike myers playing uh, quite larger than life characters austin powers probably the most popular example oh or not can the hat i don't want to mention that but <laughs> yes you must uh, yes you know what's going to happen to luke there's going to mm-hmm. be that that image yeah. of cat in the hat holding the baseball bat sitting right behind luke <laughs> about to whack him. Yeah. Actually, i'm a fond of that image but um uh, rewatch, yeah. rewatch, rewatch uh, that movie it's not that bad yeah no it's not that bad i loved it when i was a kid um in this, he plays like a fairly, you know, compared to that, he plays a fairly monotonic character. Yeah, he's, so, he's a human. Yeah, he's 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 by all accounts he's afraid of relationship commitments. Commitment phobia, am I right, guys? I mean, <laughs> you are right, guys. This movie is about commitment phobia. He's move out of Oh way. God, look at that haircut. Oh, it's it's just his natural it's hair. It's so nineties though. <laughs> yeah, it is. anyone now? I think it's just because he's haircut. wearing a flannel shirt. <laughs> it doesn't help. Um, and can I just say something? Like, no one's going to agree with me on this. And I will. Cool. All right. Well, thanks, Ryan. Um, there's something about Mike Myers is like um, hair. He's just a general appearance in this movie. It reminds me of reminds me of Matthew Broderick. I was going to say Hugh Grant. He has uh, the Hugh yeah. Grant hair in this movie. He's got kind of that mm. like you know harmless, nebbishy looking man. Yeah, exactly. I know. I totally agree. I think he does have oh a bit of God. a Matthew Broderick quality. No, I'm just looking at his hair specifically now. Yeah, Hugh Grant. Is Hugh Grant and way. Matthew Broderick had a baby? It's Mike Myers. <laughs> Hugh Grant. I mean, we're very big, Matthew knowledgeable Brock. experts on the Matthew B. Uh, we had him on recently, uh, you know, but we're more yeah. Jonathan Taylor Thomas fans because, you know, Simba. Uh, but... I yeah, enjoy the guy who played Simba is better than the guy that played Simba. Exactly. Yeah, we, all remember, we all remember. We all remember a certain album. Simba over another. Um, <laughs> I have to ask this: You mentioned Michael Myers from uh, Halloween. Halloween. Yeah. I asked this question to my fiance, and she didn't have an answer for me. And I want you guys to answer this for me, even if you haven't seen the Halloween movies. Yeah, just seen the. Is first one. Michael Myers a serial killer? Because I said I don't know, because isn't a serial killer someone who kills in a specific way and or targets specific types of people, while Michael Michael Myers just kills literally anyone and everything in in his path? (laughs) No, I would pay to say that. Doesn't Michael Myers typically have targets like uh, he goes to like a house and kills anyone that's there yeah but does that count as a serial killer like when he just literally will just go somewhere and kill everyone and then go you know i mean like is it like or is he just a mass murderer i think mass is there a difference between a mass murderer and a serial killer i think so i mean uh when someone does a like public shooting they're not a serial killer they're just a mass murderer one after another after another whereas a mass murderer it all happens well, that's what Michael Myers yeah. does. Okay, well, he'd be a serial killer then, because he's done it to multiple places, right? Yeah. Like, if you kill one person and then another, and just one person per... Hmm. I mean, fair away. enough. I was just curious, because I was just like, day. because Michael Myers is one of those weird 
horror movie figures because at least mm. with Jason, he's a serial killer because he doesn't like any campers ever. Yeah. Because of reasons. And Freddy, well, you know, Freddy gets the victim, the kids well, yeah, and of the family. And Freddy's that... supernatural, so he's probably a level above serial killer. Yeah, he's, he's a, a boogeyman, <laughs> he's killer a entity. I mean, he's, he's also, nightmare. I mean, he's also a child molester, so fuck him even more. Yeah. But uh, well, what's, you, what's they... the other one? Leatherface. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, Leatherface. Well, yeah, that's more of like a yeah honey in the fly trap kind of situation where they kind of get people to come to them in their okay. crazy house. What is the name of the villain in The Crow? Oh, uh, man, I haven't watched The Crow uh, in Yonks. Well, I d- that, he just came to mind now. Cause it was um, like... Well, you know what we should talk about? Did we love Mike Myers doing not Fat Bastard and not <laughs> Shrek? <laughs> no, I'm 100%, I'm a, 100% honest. It's When you listen to the voice, it's neither one of those two, but a slight oh, no, inference on those two, because obviously it's still a Scottish accent, but it's neither one, really. No, I agree. I've read reviews where people are like, oh, it's him doing Shrek, or oh, it's him doing Fat Bastard. It's like, well, that's before either of those characters, but... This is the proto fat shrek. Um, I think it sounds different. It does. Can, can we take a moment to appreciate just like '90s era New York? It's just—it has something about well, it. It's, is this it's, New York? No, it's San Francisco. I San Francisco. Oh Alcatraz is here. Sorry, yeah. I just assume because he's a beat poet, he's in the village. He's doing. Well, his well. Beat to be fair, there is in the butcher scene. God, the guy so does ask for like a New York steak, but yeah, it's it's San Francisco. True. It's the Bay City. No, yeah, in that case, let's appreciate '90s. Are we familiar with the female lead in this movie, Nancy Travis? Not as much as I'd like to be. Really, I'm really familiar with her beyond belief. I've seen her in quite a ton of things. What about you, Bartek? Female lead movie, Nancy not, Travis. Not off the top of my head, but there's probably been things I've seen. Yeah, in I've her. seen her in a in a ton of things. Mainly Becca, the TV show Becca. She was the replacement female lead when the show decided, hey, Terry O'Farrell, we don't want you on the show no more because we don't want Becca to end up with the girl at the end because that's too obvious. Mm. So instead, we're going to kick you off the show, bring in a new girl for him to get with that girl in the end because that's different. And it just fucked up the show. Like, like Becca never recovered. It's not even her fault. Like, that character that she plays and her performance, great, but it's one of those things where it's like, it's so manufactured. Like, when you watch it you go they only did this so that they could generate more stories and drama in the, in the show like could you imagine if like you know game of thrones did that today it was like Tyrion, you're out of the show so we could place you with another dwarf like you know what I mean? <laughs> and his it name mean, was poochie yeah and he went back to his home planet <laughs> and i'm really familiar with her voice work obviously she does a lot of voice work and i know her from Duckman, private eye where she plays like the uh, uh, um, Aunt Beatrice in that show, Beatrice, yeah, and she's like Darkman's like sister-in-law that he hates, and she has like she has this really mean voice. It's just like her, Jason Alexander, and it's just like even more Seinfeld connections are coming from this movie. So you there you go, Jerry and Julia. Exactly. I'm sure I could find the connections. <laughs> <laughs> Have uh, we had either of those two on the podcast? Which ones? Jerry and Julia, because we've had Jason and Kramer like, uh, twice. Yeah, I don't think we've had Julia. I think mm. we've had Jerry at some point. I don't remember. What? I've done a lot of Jerry impressions over the years. What do we make of this, like, his police captain being, like, this overly nice man? He's like, somebody <laughs> needs a hug. Like I said, wholesome. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yeah, I wish he'd had more screen time. Well, I, I think, I think he's my favourite. I yeah. think they gave him a perfect amount of screen time, if I'm honest. <laughs> Actually, you're right. If they'd given him more, it may have become, like, tired. One, yeah, it may out. have become tired. To, I, so. 
Uh, to be fair, I, th- I think there is a long yeah. gap between now and his next appearance. Though, yeah. So, yeah. You also yeah. forget that Anthony LaPaglia is a cop to... after a while. <laughs> yeah. I, at one point, I was like, later in the movie, like, what is his job? I can't Oh, he's he's it. a policeman. He's a policeman. Liam. <laughs> so, um... No, but I play one on TV. <laughs> um, yeah, this is... There's this... the New York State man, Buffett. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Man. You were saying. So it's it's LA. <laughs> now we're in LA. I mean, it is the West Coast. I think okay, let's all here. agree. They're both in California, let's right? Let's all agree it's Austin, Texas. Yeah. They're on the West, West Coast. <laughs> oh, never mind. It's the South Coast. Let's all agree it's Nashville. <laughs> Dolly Parton somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> now, I really like the thematic and also visual fun that they have with the fact that they work in a butcher butcher shop. Because mm-hmm. obviously she's in, she's implied to be an axe murderer by the title, but a murderer mm. with implements and it's like butchering things yeah, and yeah. and they kind of play around with that. But also it adds some comedic fun to the uh, uh, to the movie with stuff like this, where Mike Myers is giving the camera a look. Wow, did but you then see that? you find out the camera Murdering. is her. <laughs> and now she's like, I don't know whether to be flattered or not because it's Mike Myers. I am one hundred percent at the rewind the film because there's the German flag on the uh, on the countertop, and I thought, is that the Aboriginal flag? What the fuck is like going on here? <laughs> I had to rewind it. Yeah, I had to rewind it because I just couldn't believe that they would get the Aboriginal flag. Not saying that they shouldn't, but it, it's just like it's so odd if they did. Like like in a Hollywood you, you movie from the nineties. You're expecting country flags. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it would be cool if they had that, but then they should also have like Native American flags. I guess do they have flags of their own? They do, no. Oh wait, 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 you know Oh, he's massaging meat. Mm. Now Luke. Yes. You're a big meat handler. I handle plenty of meat on a regular basis. You have had inc- incidents with yes. meat in your life, haven't you? I have. Once I put an Oreo inside a Hungry Jack's burger. That's uh, Burger King, for those of you who don't Hungry Jack's. <laughs> okay, this is what, not where I was going, but I want to hear this story. How was it? Was it good? It was... Nah, it wasn't. You put the Oreo inside the burger. I did it Interesting inside decision. your old house, actually. I, I don't when remember, you, but I think you should have opened the Oreo up... Put the creamy bit in the center of the burger and the two biscuit parts, one on top of the bun, one on the bottom of the bun. Bardic's nodding at me like, that's what I thought he should have done too. We all think, Luke, you need to reenact this again, but do it properly. The taste will probably be the same, though. No, it'll be different because you have the sensation of the biscuits on on the tongue more so than you would if you shoved it in between the bread. If this episode gets enough views, or not views, but rather uh, listens, listens, Hits, I, we I call them. We call them hits. On YouTube, it's views, but on on um on our YouTube, you can listen to it and watch. We're over yeah. a thousand yeah. subscribers now, right? Yeah. yeah. So Luke, wonderful. And they're looking at the Hudson River. The Hudson. Oh. <laughs> you can just imagine Woody Allen sitting the out there somewhere. <laughs> we got the Golden Gate Bridge. We got the Hudson River. It's good. It's it's, it's working for me. <laughs> I haven't seen Ellis Island yeah. anywhere though. Yeah, okay, guys, how would you react if you were like out on a nightly stroll with Mike Myers and all of a sudden he's saying, tell me the most evil thing you've done. Evil. Well, I would look at him and say, uh, the most evil thing I've ever done was watch your movies. And then just walk <laughs> away. And then walk away. I was, I was going to say... Mike Myers just crying silently. I was going to say, I haven't seen Sorry, I Married an Axe Murderer, but okay. But, but now we have. I had to go on this date we with have you. Dif- we have different... Uh, Levels of evil. <laughs> yeah, well, I've seen Sarah Baird and Axe Matter, so I can say that. Yeah. I like to think they're looking at Mike Myers, not 
they're looking at Mike Myers and not her. I totally agree with that sentiment. Um, were they speaking Russian? When I first heard that, I'm like, is that Polish? No, I don't know these words. And then, like, it's Russian. I'm like, ah, there Russian. you go. It's Russian. I, I, I like, uh, I could be, uh, you could use Bartek as a detective. Or like, so, so is that actually the language? You're like, well, I thought it was Polish, but then I didn't understand the word. So it must be that language. <laughs> like, like, that's always how it goes. <laughs> Like, when I ask you, like, oh, oh, Czechoslovakian, what's this sound? You're like, it's close, but it's not the same. Here's the rule of thumb. It's never Polish. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think there should be more Polish representation? We've had a couple of movies where they've... I swear we've had one or two movies on the show where they've spoken Polish, and you're like, hey, they're actually doing it. I swear we've had an instance where the Unfortunately, Polish... all I'm thinking of is that they call me Bruce, which allegedly had a Polish gang in it. <laughs> and we only know that because the credits listed them as Polish gang. I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I guess that's true. Maybe. Um, maybe there's been some Polish. Now, for us, we're seasoned Mike Myers fans. What was it like to see Mike Myers here not being a caricature but just a normal human and also the, sh- the weird things of we see the prototypes of future yeah, yeah. characters like yes. the Scottishness and he does the Dr. Evil voice a little bit at one point and stuff like that. According so, to IMDB trivia, him saying evil like that e- is a trademark of his. Really? I imagine. So he didn't even just invent it. For the I film. mean, it's his it's trademark. Maybe, I don't know. Did he say it in Wayne's World? I think he did actually. I can't remember. Maybe I have to rewatch Wayne's World again. It's been a re- it's been a little Let's while since I Wayne's World. Yeah, it's been a Wayne's handful World. of years for me. I love Wayne's World. I love both of them. Yeah, I love the first one particularly. Uh, uh, but I've said this before. When I watch the first one, I just make it a double feature with the second one. So, guys, Mike Myers, what was it like seeing prototyping it up and also just a normal average Joe? Yeah, with me, I was thinking that oh, this is one of his earlier films. I actually didn't know if this was before or after Wayne's World until I read the trivia because um, I didn't remember what year Wayne's World was but uh, I-, I thought like oh since this is early he might like not feel like Mike Myers yet but he does from line one where he got the big coffee it was Mike Myers and well, I was got, really yeah happy. you gotta remember he did Saturday Night Live for yeah. several years so he's yeah. already warmed up yeah <laughs> I've never really watched Saturday Night, Night Live but so I just yeah. I just assume he has some yeah. fun sketches on Saturday Night like obviously the Wayne's World came from Saturday Night Live mm, obviously yeah uh, there's a great one with them and Madonna that's pretty fun uh, <laughs> basically when I finished watching this film I said to myself you know what? I can I can kind of see why it's unappreciated it's not not quite on the same level as like Wayne's World and the Austin Powers films, but if I grew up watching this, I I reckon I would have loved this as a younger person. No, this is only like like point two ratings lower than Wayne's World two, mm. which is like a six point five or something. This is six point two. I'm pretty sure. 6. Oh, wasn't this six point eight? No, sorry, that was a that was an IMDb review I read. <laughs> uh, and obviously, Wayne's World is just a seven, which I think is pretty low. I thought that would have been like a like a seven point five and an or an eight, yeah. Oh well, the Wayne's World. You said that about Austin Powers. It's been like a decade or a bit since I've seen last seen oh, that. But man, Wayne's World is always funny to me every time I watch it. It's still good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It was weird seeing him as a normal human because even Wayne isn't a normal person. It's all like a wig and he's all silly hair. And it's like even in the world of Wayne's World, they're considered losers. Yeah. And weirdos. Like they have their friendship group, but everyone else considers them to be weird and kooky. Now, I know Mike Myers didn't initially write the script for this. He did rewrite the script. Yeah. But I was going to say, I've noticed a lot in Mike Myers' works that he has um, 
I don't know how to say it other than just to say it. He has certain problems with women, I'm going to say, because he always carries over real-life relationship things into his movies, like the iconic Lara Flynn Boyle in Wayne's World with giving him a gun rack. Oh, right, yeah. And how she's a crazy bitch, and he is, like, always superior to Lara Flynn Boyle, right? And he, yeah, and uh, he has moments like this in this movie, too, where it's just like, oh, this kind of attitude towards women, like making fun of women, like uh, uh, Anthony LaPaglia's date, Mm. who is mildly dumb, but he treats it like, ugh, like, you know, and it's like, I notice this a lot. Like, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying, like, Mike Myers has had instances with women in real life that he's found very amusing and very observational and put them into his movies. And his character kind of sort of breaks character at those points. Yeah. Yeah, like with the gun rack, he's all weirded out by it. Yeah, exactly. But then he redeems himself with the Austin Powers movies where the women are the super smart, cool ones, and he's a dumbass. Mm. Because in this movie, he's not really a dumbass. He's just a bit clueless at times. Yeah, but you wouldn't say he's dumb. You would it's say like he's, when he's just not, a bit paranoid. When, yeah, when he's not in his insecure paranoia, he's pretty normal. Yeah. Now, Luke, when you, when, you know, when you're starting dating a woman and, you know, you don't want to kiss her because then that means kissing on the couch and that means kissing in bed and then sex. Can I just sex. go on record and say that that whole like, part where he's saying that, <laughs> I was just high-rolling. Because you just, have said that before, no, and you're like, dang, so, I knew. Because I, knew, I know you I can, knew. like, read the room, so to speak, but it's so presumptuous. It's like, well, if we kiss... We're well, it's Mike sex. Myers, so I think he can get away with yeah, it. Yeah, he's the hero of his own movie. Hey, look, he's Walter White. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Except <laughs> He's it. wearing green and tidy whiteies. That's a fine head of hair. I mean, otherwise you look like shit, but... Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's, he's Walter White in the first episode. Sexy, so... So, what I was going to say was... Yes. When you're there, and then you have the sexy times, and then the girlfriend girl screams out ralph 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 <laughs> would you feel weird i would because i'm like who the fuck names their kid ralph anymore chief wiggum uh yeah he's very old now ralph he's... seppi jr is gonna have some things to say to <laughs> you 2019 and senior i guess <laughs> and senior <laughs> um well i would want to know who ralph is but I ralph mean, my, i'll just like say my girlfriend talks in her sleep all the time so it would probably be like the 12th 13th weirdest thing i'd heard ralph it's a question what would rafe fines say about it well he would say nothing okay what do but we think of rafe fines i think he's great i think he's great he, he should have been in this movie as the sister i would have loved it he's <laughs> <laughs> like she was in my left foot i mean that's daniel day lewis but like come on I, I i would love it if rafe fines and daniel day lewis were in this movie and rafe fines was the sister and daniel day lewis was mike myers oh wait who's playing okay who are we gonna get to replace anthony oh <laughs> uh, no no he stays oh i was hoping we could get daniel day lewis <laughs> no 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 Tony. he stays oh. get, let's get jonah hill to play uh... no jonah hill could be the poet at the beginning with the red curly hair yeah. he's just like I got abducted by aliens. Yeah. Or we get Carrot Top, the the person they clearly wanted to be that yeah. person. Because my right, girlfriend said, is that Carrot Top? Carrot Top now. So when she screams, Ralph, 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 do you then immediately go into paranoia mode? Um, No, I just think it's extremely strange. I'd like to know about it, but I'm not like. And then if she worried. said, I have a female friend who's called Ralph, would you believe? Uh, I know, no. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't Ralph believe. is not, as far as I know, a woman's name. Ralphie? Maybe. I swear, yeah, isn't Maybe there a Ralph. female character in something called Ralphie? Well, I can... There's something out there. There's a male character called Ralphie in Johnny Mnemonic. I know. Yeah. I remember Ralphie. <laughs> can I just say, based on... You lied. Rose's erratic manner here, how did 
how did Charlie ever think that Harriet was the murderer? Well, it's because he didn't really get to know Rose that well. I guess overall, just, just look at her though. She's yeah. Ah, she's eyes just a, darting. Ah, she's just an artist. Uh, Luke, artist. Uh, uh, but also by artists. Luke, by that implication, you could also then tenfold see everything he saw about Harriet being a dead giveaway as well. Like you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I know. I know. Us as viewers, kind of like see what people did. Did you expect? Don't. Okay, so I've already mentioned the twist on a level. Rose, the sister, is actually the the axe murderess. Yeah. Did you guys expect a twist? And did, were you satisfied? Did you know what the twist I... was going to be? saw a little bit of it coming like i didn't know for sure but i'm like i figure this twist will not shock me if tony ended up being <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah actually I, i'd actually be pretty good i would i would I fucking would. love that yeah because he he's the one that like is the one constantly telling charlie that he's the crazy yeah. one. Nah, it should have been vicky Honey in plain sight oh right yeah vicky. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite Yay! secondary character in the movie like my favorite one scene wonder phil hartman as vicky <laughs> Which is coming up right now, isn't it? Mm, um, yeah, they're going to Alcatraz. I think, I think yeah, it's Phil Hartman. May Phil Hartman. Yeah, yeah. May he rest in peace, buddy. But uh, Phil Hartman, that dry delivery is what makes all of what he says work. Like script wise, is a bit eh, like you know when you look at it on paper, it's not that funny. But the way he delivers it with that mm. dry, very monotone delivery, where it's like my name's John Johnston, but my but people call me Vicky. Like you know, it sounds like a bit like Troy McClure, but not mm. really. Uh, but what about you, Bartek? Twist. Did you did you see the puzzle pieces? You know, I, I wasn't saying to myself, it's Rose. I, I was just kind of... I guess I was really engaged in the film. I was like, what's it, what's it going to be? Like, where's it going? I, yeah. I guess I wasn't trying to second guess it or anything like that. Yeah. That's so, for, I, you know, yeah. you do get sucked up in the journey, you know? Yeah. I think the When t- it happened, it was a thing of like... Oh yeah, if I if I wasn't so engaged, I think I could have seen that coming, but I I didn't. I think that I have a problem with the title of the movie. Yeah. Like I, I don't know, it just it works. Don't get me wrong. I don't I don't have any like anything better to offer as a title, but at the same time I feel like it gives certain things away. It misleads Mm. And, you know, stuff like that. I when you hear, so I married an axe murderer implies, well, it just says, I've married the axe murderer, but he did not marry the axe murderer. Yeah, and also, like, he, he when married you, the axe murderer's sister. Yeah, when, like, when you mentioned the butcher thing and, like, oh, yeah, you know, it kind of connects to the title, that I didn't realize that uh, in my initial viewing, but, um,. What, Subtle. With this, with the whole oh, yeah. story about the, the Mrs. X or whatever it is. Was it mentioning that they were murdered via axe? Um, no, I think they were just mentioned that they were missing and or murdered. Yeah, I don't. One of them was poisoned, a... actually. Oh, like, well, like if yeah, if anything, because that's why he's afraid of the, the the drink. Yeah, if if anything, it only seems like they were foreshadowing to the climax where the murderer this time happens to have an axe. Now, I know that this is a grand statement, but uh, my favorite part of the movie is once they got to that hotel. Mm. And I know that this would be a complete rewrite of the movie. I'm very happy with how the movie is. Like, I enjoyed this sequence. And this sequence kind of ties into the uh, hotel thing. But I kind of wish that the whole movie was in that hotel. Yeah. In that crazy, wacky love hotel where everyone's forcing them to fall in love. So, like, the whole film's the honeymoon? I wish the whole movie... Like, pretty much, I wish at least 60% of the movie was the the honeymoon hotel. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know why. I just 
really liked that hotel, like the the maitre d and the you know the waiters and the bellboy and everyone there and the way it was shot and all the other patrons and all that and the residents and all that. I don't know. It just really gave this tense atmosphere energy, yeah. and funny atmosphere, as well as scenes like this. Like, I guess my thing is, I wish it kind of leaned a little bit more into that kind of over-the-top absurdity that is Mike Myers' strength. Maybe he didn't want to after Wayne's World. Well, exactly. Also, this wasn't something he was in charge of as much as Wayne's he, World he and was, uh, uh, and Austin Powers. He was a writer on this, but I don't think yeah. he was credited. Or someone wasn't credited. Yeah, there was an original His writer, friend... but he rewrote the script yeah. and stuff. But Wasn't that... it that he rewrote it with a friend from the UK and the friend from the UK wasn't credited? Yeah, I think that's the case. There's a yeah. whole big behind-the-scenes dramas about if Mike Myers was an asshole or not. <laughs> yeah. I, like, the director was like, nah, he was all right. Yeah. But everyone else was like, nah, he, he said, was a yeah, prick. It was difficult, but he was professional yeah. about yeah, it. Yeah, it, it was difficult because was Mike asshole. Myers wanted to do so much. But he he was like, he wasn't a prima donna. He <laughs> yeah. wasn't acting like... The like common he wasn't <laughs> lashing out. It was just like, he really wanted to get this right. It seems like the common thread was that Mike Myers was into it, at least. So I mean, he was good. so into it that Nancy Travis got distracted and nearly chopped off her fucking finger. Yeah, she chopped off Yikes. the tip of her finger. Yeah, yeah hence, also, there's uh, a sequence where she has a band aid or something. I'd <laughs> like to point out a bit of trivia with this film. I'll, I'll uh, in 2008, so uh, how many years is that? Like 15 years after it first came out. He was out, in Glorious Bastards? Uh, no, 2008. Um, this movie received a re release deluxe edition, but it had no extra features. <laughs> it was exactly the same. 2008 might be the year that I had that poetry class. Yeah. yeah. Oh, guys, guys. Uh... She was in Goodfellas, wasn't she? I, yeah, I think so. She was. She was she's a minor a, character. She's in tons. So, Empire Records reunion right here. Mm. Empire Records reunion tour. That's great. I'm very happy for them all. <laughs> yeah, she's she's been in a few things that we've done. Like, um, she's always had different color hair. I think she was also. I have to look her up. Uh, yeah, it, I don't know. It's her like name. Debbie Mazar or something rather. That's what it says here on. on she the she has these yeah. beautiful Thank eyes. You. Like you you just mm, look at her eyes. Very they're very distinctive eyes. eyes. We've had her in a few things other than Empire Records. I'm like, oh, it's her again. And you're like, oh, who was she in Empire Records? And I'm like, it's, it's this character. And you're like, I forgot that there was that character. I'm like, how could you forget Rex Manning's secretary? Mm. Or a manager, assistant of some variety. She's great all the time, and I really liked her in the sequence. And here's another thing. I kind of wish she was in it more. You know, she's a one-scene wonder, you know. Yeah. And I, I really liked her atmosphere. Because yeah. I think they did a good job of her dumbness in this. Because, you know, like, it wasn't too over-the-top and too, like, blatantly, like, stereotypical. Like, I, I've, I've met some people, men and women, who are a bit dull and dumb and dim yeah. like this. Especially if you hang out with a lot of, like, generally funny people. Here, she reminded yeah. us of our friend and frequent guest, Reese McKenzie. <laughs> How is <laughs> Which Reese? Which is uh, very... Weird, because their last name is Mackenzie, isn't it? Yeah, Mackenzie, the Scottish version. Reese has the Irish one. Oh no, it's raining. Have you? Oh man, yeah. I believe none of them brought an umbrella. Well, it wasn't raining before, and they didn't have Google to tell them that it was going to rain. Where's your weather app? I saw this amazing post online that was someone that was like. Oh, I never um, look up the weather before I go out. I, I never, ever look up the weather. I never watch the weather thing. And they're like, well, how do you prepare yourself when it's going to suddenly rain? And they just go, I take my chances. And it's like <laughs> such a weird, like, for, like the post phrase it in a way that, like, that's such a weird idea. But that's just, chances. like, how the world used to work. Mm. We used to not know if it was going to rain later today. Like, I looked up the weather today, and it was like, strong chance of showers later today. And I'm, like, looking outside. It's, like, sunny and clear. Yeah, and I'm right? like, I wouldn't have guessed that. 
would not have guessed that, but now I'm going to guess it. So, Luke, <laughs> they did not realize that they should have brought umbrellas. No. And now it stopped raining, so maybe they're... Oh, they've got a car to walk to drive in. Yeah, exactly. They're exactly. So this extra really selling it as trench coat man? Oh, I thought you meant long-haired dude right here. Oh, long-haired dude. Walking past oh, with his dog. doggy. That dog is dead by now. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So there uh, is an Oh, Luke, Luke took it from my mouth. Oh. The dog's dead by now. It's <laughs> a shame. He didn't do your lead-up thing. World's though. biggest <laughs> baby. Is the baby dead by now? Probably. Wow, Luke. That baby... Is now Kim Jong Un. Collapse. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone knows Kim Jong Un is just a mimic. He's not real. He's, he's a clone. Just, he's a shapeshifter. <laughs> a shapeshifter of one fat baby man to another fat <laughs> baby man. One baby. So I really thought that Mike Myers was going to wear the kilt in what, this what sequence. A, what are didn't. those called again? That like the things that his dad's wearing. Um, sock suspenders, right? No, I just I got a name, but I don't remember. I think they're called the sock suspenders. Uh. I think oh, that's what do. they're called. He's so very Scottish. Oh, yes. It took three hours of work to get him to look like that. Mm. I'm really surprised hours. it took three hours. Yeah, like, I mean, it doesn't it look 90s, like a three-hour... You know, that doesn't even it's, say much. Yeah, it's the prosthetic like, makeup was pretty great yeah, then It's as not well. like nothing but trouble. I mean, or anything. yeah. <laughs> Go on, Luke. Uh, Guardi- like, if you, for comparison's sake, in Guardians of the Galaxy, Dave Bautista, who plays Drax, who's got like yeah. looks very alien. That takes three and, hours in the makeup. And that's a whole chest yeah. and head thing. Whereas this is some this is just some grey hair, and, and yeah. they've made him have an, an after like a, a five o'clock shadow. Yeah, I don't know. Three like hours, I, yeah. I don't know. Is there a skin thing going on? Well, I think it's that he's just chubbier yeah. in the face, mm. but also it's hard to tell because he's doing his accent, and that makes his jaw sit yeah, differently. Yeah. So, Absolutely. but apparently it took three hours, and I find that a staggering. Not even for the and that's including the nineties because shows like Babylon 5 a television True, show with actually, low budget yeah. had full prosthetic aliens sci-fi. and it took them about 4 or 5 hours to get them to look like that and this is not that maybe he kept starting over and just like no it's not right it's yeah not yeah right. Mike Myers in his thick <laughs> Canadian accent it's not right it's not right is that your Canadian accent <laughs> I don't know what accent this is because he's Canadian remember it's like slightly Scottish I, don't I like know. this visual gag <laughs> of, of them yeah. throwing darts at the queen. <laughs> it's such a great gag. I like visual gags the way like you know they don't look. Yeah, when I was watching it, there. when I was watching it last night, I was a bit far from the screen. I couldn't tell what that was, but now I'm a bit closer. It was the queen? Yeah. I really do agree with Luke. I like the visual gag. Then they just let it sit there. Mm-hmm. They don't have like the obnoxious like you know what a modern yeah. movie would do now or it. ones from this time even. No, no. The door will close, the picture will be there, and it'll stay on it, and then you'll hear, like, God save the Queen, or, like, you know, some British music, like, like, just to emphasize the point. Yeah. That, get it? It's the Queen! Or that it would be a conversation point, or at least, like, have a line or two dedicated Visual to Visual gags it. work best when they're... Like, huh, you're not a fan of the Queen, huh? Like, Just to Kill right here. On the back, nice little yeah. little reference point of, like, the fear us. of murder and the fear of death. The fear of death. Why would anyone be afraid of Now, this? if I looked at you, Bartek, through the toilet door, mm-hmm. like, Mike is here, and you're sitting there with, say, your mother... Uh, and you see me, we lock eyes, like, in this moment. Would you want to have a conversation about that moment between us two later, or would you just never want to bring it up ever? Ah. Yeah, if you, if you did it... <laughs> <laughs> if you did a thing, like, just before you closed the door, you smiled or did a funny face, and be like, oh, it's a gag, but the fact that he didn't means yeah. that, like... There was, I think there was something going on there. Yeah. Hey, is it me or does he look incredibly like uh, <laughs> Wayne during this entire sequence? Just mainly because the darkness covers up his head, and when he kind of is in the car, 
when he's in car sequences, it reminds me of him being Wayne because well, you this, remember the this... famous car sequence in Wayne's World. Yeah, they did like head thing. Like, like head. he just I don't know when the darkness engulfs his head. It's just like it reminds me. I'll, he is I'll Wayne. be honest. This reminds me more of Annie Hall than Wayne's World. <laughs> what, is he Christopher Walken? <laughs> well, I mean, who else would he be? This film could do some Christopher Walken. He could have played this. Well, he wasn't Wayne's know. World too. If that makes you yeah. feel any better. <laughs> I've said this before, and I'll say it again. My favorite thing about the Wayne's World movies is Ed O'Neill as the owner of the the diner, diner and how the cat look. He looks so much like Wayne. I don't know why. It's just like the hair is just right enough, but it's also engulfed in darkness, so you don't fully see it. I don't know. Just remind me of Wayne here too, actually. But um, the same actor actually is it? Yeah. Oh wow! I thought it was Dana Carvey. Which one? Dana Garvey again? Garth. Garvey? Garvey, yeah, Garth. Garth and Master of Disguise. Oh, you want to limit him to those? (laughs) I would limit him to those. The Dana Garvey show. Master of Disguise. Guy who made Dr. Evil's voice first and then Mike Myers ripped it off? Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Oh, that's that movie, fact. I think it's rated the lowest ever on like various websites. Oh, no, you haven't seen Kirk Cameron saving Christmas, evidently. Is that the lowest? <laughs> that was for a very long time, oh, but then, no. you know, there's always a new champion of... Up, up and there's an, always a new champion of the garbage tip. Of a descending star, <laughs> as it were. Look at look at him, Aww. Anthony LaPaglia. A soulful He's look so from young. Anthony LaPaglia would be I mean, we all remember he's Australian, obviously. Yes. You did? Yeah, yeah he's Australian. No, I do. I do sometimes. I uh, one of I my do. friend's parents went to school with him. Actually, they mm-hmm. were both from South Australia, I do believe. And she said that he was very nice. He, he was a very seems nice like guy. he'd be nice. Oh, you know, he seems like he could be a bit of a ball buster too. Well, uh, in, I when he played of, Joe, yeah. I was, and also when he was in Looking for Alabrandi. Mm-hmm. he was a bit of a I don't know. He was a bit uh, rough around uh, the edges uh, in that uh, movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's my Anthony LaPaglia impression, Bartek. Yours? Um, Fuck me in the ass! <laughs> yeah, I was going to make a reference to that, but I uh, <laughs> couldn't think of one. Just say it in Polish. I, I don't know how to say that in Polish. What's fuck? Sure, you don't. I mean, I, I know f- not not in the context of sex, but fuck is kurva. Kurva. Like, ah, oh, kurva. Oh, <laughs> That's, ex- <laughs> That's not what I was expecting for that one. You gotta. You also gotta roll the R a bit, like kurva. What was this silly Polish word that you taught me the other week on this show? Was it like poo or shit? Oh, uh, poo is kupa. Kupa. Is dupa. As in like king dupa. kupa. Dupa. Dupa. Yeah, dupa. And dupa. <laughs> kupa and dupa. And just bottom is pupa. <laughs> and then the bottom is pupa. Then wow. Urbi Grubi Kwanza. Duże grube kwanzuch. His big fat liar. I also reminded you of a. Uh, Old lady must die. Uh, the the no, old lady must disappear. Disappear is Nick Nonch. Nick Nonch. See now oh, they do that. a really good job in this sequence here of um giving you a character of what this type of woman is with the nails, her haircut and earrings and her makeup. Like you get an instant understanding of who this woman is just visually looking at her before you even get her physically manifesting what type of policewoman this is and like her attitude like I really like the fact that you get certain minor characters when they get the right costume the right uh, like you know little touches that give you the exact understanding of who this character is before they even speak like when we see later on 
Michael Richard comes into this movie. Kramer from Seinfeld comes in. We get an understanding of what type of guy he is by what he's wearing and his hair and all of that before he even says a word. And I just mm. love those little touches in the visual language of film, especially in comedies. It adds quite a lot to the proceedings. Like, mm. a funny moustache could add yeah. so much. And, he, and even earlier when we were talking about the guy that isn't Carrot Top, like, you can just look at him and yeah, think, like, and oh, think, this is what a, a dweeby guy. Dweeb, yeah. He's giving this sci-fi story. Oh, not a sex machine? Well, I mean, dweebs can be sex machines. You... Uh, yeah, <laughs> ge- dweebs are in. This guy looks like um, the guy from Dark Knight Rises, the Szechuan Chicken Man. Oh, uh, yeah, you mean Christopher Nolan's uncle, John Nolan? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. What was his character's name? Uh, 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 Fredericks. Oh, Fredericks, that's it. He looks like Fredericks. Yes, of course. He was in da- Batman Begins and The Dark Knight Rises, <laughs> but not in The Dark Knight. I think he just no, decided think... that he let Heath get the Oscar for that. <laughs> <one>. <laughs> this movie doesn't need me. It already. No, if my fiance came up to me with a health drink with all the just stuff that she described, I would also run away. I do not want that drink. Get it away from me. But I unfortunately do not have a closet with a glass door, which he does in this. Yeah, all your doors are wood, I think. Yes, they're all doors. This yeah. They are so like doors very are. Odd. Yeah. You know what I mean? Metal doors, no glass. I know they've had like their like relationship montage earlier. How long has it been now? Oh, I think it's been like a, couple a, of weeks. a month or two at this point, you know. Um, and oops, everything oh. fell on him. Now, I like how wow. long this went for. I know, I want you to wow. answer, how did he open the door? Because he doesn't actually touch the doorknob. Yeah, I was paying attention to the area around it, like, oh, is there going to be some shuffling? But not so much. I guess the door just kind of forced yeah, itself open. You can, yeah, all the weight pushing on it. All right, Bartek, try and do that with my door. Well, the problem with pause your video. The problem with the door here is that this is a pool door. All right, how about you go out and you try and push in? Should I? Yeah, go away. (laughs) (laughs) While Bartek's out there, we'll discuss what we're doing in here. What are we doing in here, right? Well, we're watching the movie. Okay, so now Bartek's gone. Jeez, that guy's time to talk so much shit about Bartek. Let's talk positives about him so that when he comes back in, when he comes back, let's talk positives about Bartek so that when he comes back in, he gets nothing. But negatives. You know what I really like about Bartek? He's in a he, he he can push doors. He absolutely can. He is he, capable of that He's motor still punch. out there trying to push a door. Are you, how are you going, Bartek? You going good? You're right, buddy. He's trying. He's giving it his all, ladies and gentlemen. He's giving it his all. I'm seeing the doorknob wiggle a little. Keep I, going, buddy. Unfortunately, <laughs> I think I think the simple design of this door is working against him. It's just working against him. My door is working against Vartek. It's called the laws of physics. He twisted the knob. No, uh, no, I see what you did. You have broken the rules. Vartek's trying to figure out how to manipulate the to knob. You're not the knob. You have turned the knob. You have broken the rules. You have broken the rules. Bartek couldn't do it. This this door is not suitable for so I married an ex-murderer. Bartek is uh, just myth busted. a nice guy. <laughs> you can talk to him about just better. This is when I should be extra audio and audio drop the Mythbusters music with like myth busted. And then you hear that <laughs> clank clank sound of the metal um, sheets that they use for when they have busted and they drop the sheet of like plank of metal and just doink mm. you remember that you remember Mythbusters how they do that I saw a c- I haven't watched it on TV but I saw a couple of I remember one clips Mythbusters on YouTube. episode they made a trebuchet 
I remember that too. I also remember Mythbusters. I've talked about them on the podcast before and their lazy methods. But um, <laughs> let's not get on to that. Yeah. Let's get on to the fact that Mike Myers likes to be scratched. Okay, Ryan, if but your fiance was just talking like, you know, even just in, like in, a, in a sort of like wandering way, no, I could do anything to you in your sleep. I could slit your throat or anything. Would you start to feel a bit concerned? No, no, I would threaten her back with something as well. well <laughs> and I could do this. Yeah. It's called Hi. Yes And, actually. Yeah, it's called improvising. <laughs> <laughs> and there was a trivia point about how Except Mike Myers taught uh, Nancy Travis about improvising. And just comedy yeah. presence on, on, the, on the screen. And she really absorbed that knowledge. I think she was... I thought she was really fun in this. Yeah. Like, she wasn't a sourpuss, which a lot of female roles can be in comedic movies, especially because her character isn't playing anything for comedy. Mm. Like, you know, in Wayne's World, um, uh, what's her name? Uh, Cassandra? Yeah, Cassandra. T- Tia Carreri or something like that. Uh, she is playing it for more comedy. Like, she gets to have comedy in that movie. She yeah. is also serious, but she gets comedy. Nancy Travis doesn't get comedy in this, but she has a light playfulness that is really fun. Like, when she is confronting him at the end, it's kind of funny. Like, mm. you know? Uh, here's the famous scene. Uh, yes. This is probably one of the best scenes in the movie, Of course, this guy here, the obituary writer with the mustache. We've seen this guy in everything. He, like, he's in so much, this guy. And, uh, yeah, he is. Like I said, he's in the Austin Powers movies, and obviously he's in an episode or two of Seinfeld. As, and he, would you like to guess what kind of roles he plays a lot? Um, does he play roles of people that like to eat? Yes, but obviously he usually plays security guys, mm. landlords, truck drivers, or garbage men, like those kind of like blue-collar, working-class... Men roles. I always yeah. think of him from the film Overboard, the uh, Kurt Russell, uh, Goldie Horn movie, where Goldie Horn is a rich bitch who gets a head injury and doesn't remember anything, and Kurt Russell says that they're married, even though they're not. <laughs> And he's like Kurt Russell's sleazy maintenance friend, uh, and he's great. We saw that movie's great in general. That's a movie that solely relies on pure chemistry of the two leads. Like, like you could look at that movie as a creepy, weird movie about Kurt Russell manipulating a beautiful woman, uh, but like it's it just holds up because of their chemistry and their real life couple. So that works. We saw Michael Richards in Coneheads, right? That is correct. Yeah, thought so. I love this. I just love love his explosion. And <laughs> I was watching this with my fiance, and she's not really watched much of Seinfeld, and I just said, "Oh man, he." going full Kramer right now. And she goes, ah, the voice is different. I'm like, nah, you haven't heard Kramer go off. That's how Kramer goes off. Wikipedia lists this character as just insensitive man. He is. Yep. That's right. I'm a bad man. I'm insensitive. He (laughs) was my right home. (laughs) This is a pretty good scene. It was. It was one of the comedic highlights of of the movie. Just because Kramer comes in. What year did Seinfeld start? Uh, I want to say... Was it 90? I think it was around this time because it went for what, like I think it ten went, seasons. Didn't it go to like ninety seven? It went to around there. I'm gonna look it up. Look it up, bros. Uh, I can't remember, but it you is... would have already been Kramer at this point. Was well, he in Coneheads by this point? I think Coneheads came out around the same time as this, actually. 
I yeah, either either ninety three or ninety five ish. I'm thinking. Oh, Chris Farley was alive. Measure it by that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Everything is before Chris Farley and after. Well, yeah, Chris well, that's my timeline. Well, Chris Farley made it to the two thousands, right? Late nineties, early two thousands, because Shrek, Shrek was, was two thousand one, wasn't it? Yeah, and that had to be pushed back because he died. Yeah, so and they got Mike Myers instead, the comedic joy of Mike it Myers. Began in. Uh, that was preemptive because it doesn't say. Here we go, 1989 to 1998. There you go. Oh, 98. So this is a couple yeah. years into. Okay, yeah. So like, uh, just about halfway, or so at halfway. the peak of Seinfeld, you might say, because that mm, show really started yes. to pick up third, fourth season. It did. Yeah. Like most shows of that era, like Star Trek included. Um, now, have you guys ever had to do the breaking up in a relationship? I, like instigating the breakup? Yeah, yeah. I have, but it was like a mutual thing. Like we both wanted to, so it was like very So you, you didn't reject? No. Or in a public park? I didn't have to cleave anyone. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Bartek? No, I haven't. Nor have I, but I no, imagine it's... fortunate men. Uh, well, you have, but it was a mutual thing. Yeah, it was like, it was so like, whatever. It was just like that. But did you then start writing slam poetry with a duck f- in the background? At, no, at but the Hudson I River. did write a poem after I got cheated on a few years ago. Really? Yeah. Man, what was the poem called? I'm not telling you. You can't even tell me the title? No. What was it is called? Is it their name? No. It's, oh God, no. Oh, is it woman? No. Whoa, man. Whoa, man. Okay. Maybe, I got cheated right. on. I'll, t- I'll tell you the name because this is it, it couldn't be as bad as this. <laughs> it was called Hearts of Men. Hearts of okay. Men. That's a great. That sounds like a novel. Thank you. Like you should write that as a novel, and it's about like uh, uh, a man who gets cheated. <laughs> yeah, it's about a feudalistic society. Like it should be like Game of Thrones. So now all it... I can think of is Children of Men, which is like a dystopia, not a feudalistic society. But yeah, no. yours should be the preamble to Children of Men. <laughs> you should have called it. You cheated on me, and I am so like like how they got to that point in it's Children like, of Men. Man gets cheated on. He gets so angry. He engineers a virus that stops everyone from having kids. Exactly. Ah, Children of Men. I wish we lived in that universe. But um, (laughs) we can. Who's the main character in Children of Men? Uh, Men. (laughs) And they're all these children. (laughs) You ask. This that was a great transition. Yeah, this I've seen it a few times now. Like when they walked out of frame, and then like the scene was. Transitioning. It was very Star Wars. What you th- oh, the wipe. It was a wipe, but also a, a bit of wipe. green screen trickery as well. well. At the beginning, they had the like the tram gripe. doing it. It kind of reminded yeah. me a little bit of um, the room. Well, no, this reminded me more of the room because <laughs> it was on a roof. Um, oh, but I thought the tram because that's how we first meet yes, Johnny. That, well, first see Johnny. <laughs> yeah, guess, that's, yeah, well, that's meeting him. <laughs> We meet him, but then... In the same way we're meeting the guy that was just in the car there, yeah. Well, yeah, but he's not the main character. Visual contact with the main character in any moment is first meeting them. There's this one guy that stands out on that San Francisco tram. I wonder if he's going to be... But he really does stand out. (laughs) All in black, sunglasses. Every time I've watched The Room with someone new, they're like, oh, that's him, right? (laughs) 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 Because I've watched it with a few people who don't even know about Tommy Russell. And they see that guy on the tram and they're like, oh, is that him? Is that the main guy? And you're like... The guy whose name I've just read four times. (laughs) (laughs) Not as much as... um, Oh, Ben and Arthur. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where the guy's, like, credited, like, 18 times. Wasn't, like, borderline everything, but, like, <laughs> yeah. one or two things? He's yeah. no Neil Breen, though. Mm. But, um, what were we on about? Uh, San Francisco wipes. Uh, wipes. Oh, wiping. Do you wipe? Uh, Front or back? Scrunch or fold? <laughs> uh, I like to vary it. 
You like to vary it. Yeah, I do. Luke's a, Luke's a circular rub wiper. Like, he, he does it in a circular you know, motion. I just play Royal in a circle Centrifugal wipe, so wiping. Should... Bartek? <laughs> scrunch, or, scrunch or fold? Fold. Okay. Front or back? Oh, you mean which direction? Yeah, which direction do you wipe? Uh, back. Not for real. Ah. Uh, which, which hand do you use? Left or right? I've mainly right. Yeah. Me too, buddy. There have been times where I've used my, left. My but... right arm was in a cast for years ago, and I had to use my left, and it was just the most foreign feeling. When I was... Why was your arm in a cast? Um, I fractured it playing sport. Ba- uh... Back in 2014, when I had my back thing, uh, I was leaning to the left, so it kind of hurt to reach my right hand all the way. There, you so made, I had to you, use my left. You're, making, Your me, you're making me think of in the movie with Bob Hope, The Pale Face. Uh, Paleface, uh, there's a whole sequence in which he has to do a showdown and they're giving him tips. It's like, he leans left when he draws, so you should aim to the right. And it's like, he stands <laughs> on his toes when he shoots, so you should crouch towards the ground. Yes, the sun's rising from the east, so you should aim towards the west. Or the wind's coming in or whatever. And then he models that up. It's like, he stands on the wind, so you better aim towards his toes. <laughs> so he just mixes it all oh, up. This is, this is the scene that I saw a decade ago. And does it live up? Yep. I mean, I have context now, too, and it's still great. I remember the unlove Ed. <laughs> unlove Ed. And the, he <laughs> mentions the haggis as well, and that was like, oh, when I saw the haggis earlier, it's like, this must be Harriet. This is how you win someone back. I mean, I would win them back like this, too, yeah. I think the teacher referred to this scene as the this poem sucks scene. Cause it's, the last line. <laughs> it's a great, it's a great sequence. Mm. It is a great sequence. Would you show it in the year nine English class? Well, year nine, maybe not. Year seven, definitely. <laughs> okay, so I got a bit late. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they, maybe because you guys were slow learners. Well, we didn't, do, we didn't do poetry until year nine. So yeah. Well, there you go. There you go. There you go. I mean, I'd like... Hello! Sorry, sorry. If there's a, any silence, we should just go, hello, and the audience will laugh. Because that's like what Mike a, Myers did. A sound bite, like, you, like a radio station you just touch a button and the sound effect happens oh uh but it's like one of those radio ones where it's like hello hello you're listening to radio kbbl <laughs> shock jumps with yeah. sound effects was yeah. that the caller from hell <laughs> whoa 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 i loved um back in the day triple j used to do that with like uh with when when will anderson and uh, i can't remember the guy's name but the the guy who does the science stuff now he has like Bill the walkie eye no, the Australian guy, like oh. the bald guy. He's uh, Adam Carl, something. Uh, Carl. No, no, you're thinking of Dr. Carl. It's like Probably Adam like something or other. He has like the walkie eye. Uh, they would do those things, like the sound effects of whoa, but they would do them from movies. And the one that they always ended it with was Dr. Evil. And it was, can somebody throw me a freaking bone here? <laughs> <laughs> Which is one of the best lines from Dr. Evil. Right up there with like... um. Then he shaved my scrotum. <laughs> um, Ritualistically shaved my testicles. T- testicles. <laughs> That's Would you be- now, oh. here it is. Were we excited to see Michael Mike- Michael Myers and Mike Myers? <laughs> sculptured ass. <laughs> it's a sculpted butt. Did oh, we? I didn't realize she grabbed it. Yeah. Neither- I didn't realize I that. did. Moments like this in the movie, I'm like, I don't know. Are they trying for comedy? I mean, they're trying for an Austin uh, Powers uh, level of comedy? I laughed. I laughed at the sexual assault he just had. Yeah, I. Um. 
did we did we see his eyes in Austin Powers or do they just block it? In, like, I think the they egg? block it with all in Austin Powers too, where they do the whole opening sequence mm. where it's in the yeah. hotel. And I know that in the first film, when when um, Mrs. Kensington's talking to her daughter, and he's in the background, sequence. they're yeah, blocking yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. a large part of this movie is like women kind of just like good naturedly going along with whatever Mike Myers does. Oh, I, I would. I'm going along with it now. For some reason, I think I'm just going to say it now. It's very odd that um, Anthony LaPaglia looks exactly like Tom Savini. Uh, the, in which film? In No, in life. Like, oh, in just gen- yeah, he does. I mean, Tom Savini just looks like that in general. Bartok, do you know who Tom Savini is? I've... It slipped my mind. He's primarily known for special, like, uh, makeup. He was in From Dusk Till Dawn. He was in From Dusk Till Dawn, but he's primarily known for makeup. Like Dawn of the Dead, like, all the zombie makeup and horror makeup and stuff like that. I think we've talked about it before. But he's an actor, too, and he's appeared in quite a bunch of things. And I think he was in uh, Land of the Dead as a zombie. And, like, hey, it's Tom Savini. But um, he has this kind of the black hairstyle and the goatee like that. And uh, he looks very Italian. Yeah, and um, he's in a bunch, but yeah, from dusk till dawn, he's famous in that because uh, he has um, the the uh, cod piece little mini gun that shoots out, <laughs> and it's like a dick, but the the cha- like the rounds are like look like testicles. And his character's name is Love Machine. Love Machine. Which is the best. That's Love a good Machine. Name. He turns into a vampire, but he's an asshole who doesn't tell them he's turning into a vampire. Yeah, yeah he's one of those fuckers. Mm. Dusk till dawn is such an odd Dude, movie. You would starts... love from dusk till dawn. It starts off yeah. very. Tarantino. Yeah, and it's like no supernatural elements at all. No, my favorite part. My favorite part of From Dusk to Dawn is they have um, Carl Williams in it. Carl Williams was in that. He's the black guy, isn't he? No, no, I'm not saying you're wrong. I just I don't. There's this big black guy who's like talking about like in Vietnam. And then while he's talking about Vietnam, we cut over to Tom Savini turning into a vampire and he's like trying to force the chain to go away. And then we cut back to Carl Williams talking about <laughs> like I think he's kind of, uh, talking about his Vietnam experience and now he's like crouched on the ground with his fingers in like eye stabbing positions and then he's screaming about something and he's just like <laughs> And I said, Ho Chi Minh, motherfucker And that's the end of his story and they all clap. And I'm like, I wanna know what the fuck that story was. It's Give me best. that movie now, Tarantino. I don't care about your Charles Manson movie that you're gonna release later this year. I want that movie about that guy from Dusk to Dawn. What's Maybe in the of... T V series that they made. They, they made expand... a TV series, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. they expand upon his character. And the guy that played Quentin Tarantino's character looked even more creepy. Yeah, as they should. But, Bartek, were you disappointed that Mike Myers did not wear a kilt enough in this movie? You know, now that you mention it... Yeah, I've mentioned it. He wore a lot of pants. Well, in the last scene, he he asked his dad bear, but... in uh, In the wedding, he wears a kilt, I think. Yes. But so does the sister... The um, Rose, she wears a kilt. Yeah? And that's no-no. Women don't wear kilts. Well, I guess this film's progressive. Which is odd. It's, it's culturally offensive. Women really? are supposed to wear long plaid skirts that go to, like, way beyond the knee that has to match with the shirt that they're wearing. I looked this up because I was like, I'm sure women don't wear kilts. They have to oh, wear, like, a... So, of course, Brian, that means Brian, that... Look, they're wearing sparrens. Oh, yeah, you wear sparrens with kilts, of course. Yeah. Uh, for those of you don't... Uh, I Ryan, own a sparring. Ryan, tell us what a sparring is. For those of you it's a know. thing that you put in front of your kilt. <laughs> I'm not Scottish. So I just have a sparring. Well, my one's made out of seal fur, but like that's the special... Mm. You know, they're made out of several 
beasts. I think way back when we did the Avengers, that was the one where I asked what a spine was and you explained it. Bartek's favorite character was a priest because of I his facial expression. I've already said Alan Arkin. I assume that was yeah. the Avengers with, uh, you know, yeah, Sean Connery. With Sean Ray Connery. Fiennes, yeah. yeah. Not, not the... <laughs> See, she's wearing... Okay. The real okay. Avengers. Oh, his leg went up. Hmm. He got kissed. Oh, isn't that funny? Isn't Wait, I don't even think does. Uh, I'll have to see the sequence, but I really don't remember the dad wearing a kilt. I thought he was wearing trousers in I'm this. I'm pretty too. sure he's wearing he's a kilt. Parkway. It looks pretty good. Well, he is. There he is. Yeah. I think they really did a great job, even for the '90s and even for now, blending the two Mike <laughs> Myers together. There's that's, a really impressive that's... shot we already missed, where mm. Mike Myers, we're following him in a one take, like one tracking shot of him up the stairs, walking down the stairs to hug um, the father. And it's like a one-take shot. And we do see Mike Myers' face on both of them, but there must have been like some digital trickery or whatever mm, with stand yeah. and whatnot. But I think they did a there really is, I, great I job. I think there is a stunt double listed in the credits. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. They, they have to have doubles and yeah. that. But like, I uh, think... Um, I can't remember who he had the interview. I think it was a Stephen Colbert one where... Mike Myers was talking about how when he goes to the UK, there are like five faces people have. So he caught like a taxi and the guy <laughs> driving the taxi had his face. So yeah. it probably wasn't too hard. <laughs> no, I've, re- I've heard there are only 5,000 like unique faces and we all have a variation of one of them. Look at that bald guy dancing. <laughs> he was just like, what do you think it would have been like to be an extra in this particular scene? I think it would have been okay because yeah. you get to hear Mike Myers think oh, that piss. he's sexy. Oh. <laughs> Don't Look at those people you know. making out in the tree over there. They're getting married. Yeah, they're lurking in the tree. Mm. It's very sexual. Very much in the dark, yeah. Maybe one of them's the axe murderer. It's Mike Myers, mm. as in the one from the Halloween movies. Michael Myers. Oh, Michael Myers. Yeah, yeah, every time I hear well, Michael Myers. Well, his friends like, comes in and call him Mike. That's that's the <laughs> every rule. Every time I hear someone say Michael Myers, I'm like, what's so scary about him? You know, he can't. He, he can't. He's Austin he Powers. He can't kill people. <laughs> the, it's the because he wears... played. Is yeah. a William Shatner mask, right? Yeah, yeah, sprayed white and turned inside out. I'm pretty sure. Did anyone see the like the latest? I've never really cared for the Halloween movies. If I'm honest with you, uh, they just don't do it for I th- me. I think Reese said he liked it. Hmm. Uh, fine, fine. I mean, they should have just got John Carpenter to do it again. He did the music, and apparently that was the best part. <laughs> Honestly, I've only seen the original. It's good. Yeah. The original was good. The second one is less good. The third one's odd. People don't like the third one, but it's like the, the purpose. One's a, the cult yeah. classic. The yeah. third yeah. one's the one that has nothing to do with Michael Myers. And uh, I'm like, great. What's John Carpenter doing these days? He's doing music. Yeah. Him and his family, like his son and their kids or whatever, have a band that are very really? popular. The John Carpenter band. Yeah, I don't know if they call that, but he did the they, soundtrack to the new Halloween movie, and apparently that was the best part. Because the soundtrack oh, is go. what's one of the most iconic parts of Halloween, like mm. the theme yeah. is very great. Now, did you remember the tip-off about this sequence, about how you know this song had significance to the case? Of Mrs. X. Oh, well, I wasn't paying attention to the lyrics. Well, it's the song itself is a a, a tip-off because one of the murdered victims was known for singing this in multiple languages. Oh, that's right. So that's why it's kind of igniting that fuel Mm. again because then she proceeds to sing it in other languages as well. Mm. So that's why then when also they're at the hotel and they're like, we're going to play this song. He's like, no. 
Okay, I missed that. Look, hey, hey, it's, it's the room again. It's like the shot from the room where it's just cars <laughs> going over. When I saw the room in the cinema where people were throwing spoons at the screen and yelling things, <laughs> I did not realize when that se- those sequences where the bridge is there and it's a still shot and just see cars going, people just go, just shout, go, 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 and point at a specific car and watch it go across the bridge. That's fun. Hey, this looks like a very similar um, sequence, like visually, of where the location is to that scene in Austin Powers 1, in, or is it Austin? No, Austin Powers 2, in which Will Ferrell's character yeah, that's what falls over. And also, it looks similar, but probably not, to Johnny English at the end of Johnny English when they're riding out from the thing i think that's in europe but very similar like the big windy roads that go down mountains very Mm. similar kind of aesthetic but do you think that this is he was shooting this and he was like "Mm, i need to kill will ferrell here (laughs) maybe could could very well be ah will ferrell when he was good yeah this is where mufasa goes yeah, yeah, oh, you're right. Yeah. I I think maybe it had a bit more color to it. So here's the C here's the C plot. We yeah. didn't know we needed. <laughs> it is a C plot. No, here's the funny thing. Alan Arkin does play characters that are genuinely like this in yeah, movies. Yeah, he does. So the fact that he here is playing like a guy who's trying to emulate the characters that he has played himself mm. is so hilarious to me. I love Alan Arkin. Like, he's great. He's an actor that's kind of crept up on me over the years because I've never really paid attention to him. Like, he's always been in things that I like. Like, I really like the film Gross Point Blank, and he's fucking great in that movie. Who was but he in Gross Point he's Blank? He's a psychiatrist. That's right. He's uh, John Cusack's psychiatrist who knows that he's a, an yeah, assassin, he's a murder, and yeah. he's just like, oh, I can't, I can't. <laughs> like, but, um... He's crept up on me over the years as just someone to really appreciate and love. That like vein in his forehead. Oh, he's he's flexing it. Like Jesus, and he knows comedy. Like like you know, I remember a movie that I didn't think was too good, and one that I've even talked about with Bartek of should we do this on the show? And we both agreed it wasn't that great. Or I specifically said no, which was the Get Smart remake that they did with Steve Carell, mm. and he was um, the chief. The chief. Oh, was that yeah. his name? Yeah, the, the, his boss. I haven't seen Chief. him in so long. Yeah. But um, and I remembered him being great in that. But like, cause you know that's you know, that's that's his kind of role. But um, I did like this how he came back and the like credit of like he's just, he's like an actor like mm, yeah. Did like, I go too good, far? But, yeah. I like how it's like months have gone by and they've been working on it, but this is the first time we've <laughs> seen it come to mm. fruition. And it's like I love those a pre-planned thing. I'd also like to um. Praise Alan Arkin for he was a director on one of my favorite TV shows, Justified. And oh, so with with um Walton Goggins. Yeah, Walton well, Goggins, great actor also. He's great Goggins. too. He's crept up on me over yeah. the years too because I remember He's seeing him in roles, um. So. I can't remember. I saw him in something early on, and I was like, ah, that guy's weird. He's got a weird face. He does. Oh, oh, any, oh! Any um, the Lone Ranger. He was in the yeah. Lone Ranger the, remake. I've seen- Oh, the one with Army Hammer. Yeah, and he was, like, Fuck. the best villain. In the, that movie had, like, 15 villains, and he was, like, the best one, and they kill him off, and you're like, oh, all the actual no, intensity is gone. Holy shit, look at this place. Yeah, I know, right? This it, is the place Ryan wants 60% of the film to be set. I, I, don't you agree? Mountains. And you know who should be the, the hotel manager? Who? Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> <laughs> and it should be JP from Nothing But Trouble. Yes. And and Chevy Chase was originally supposed to be the yeah, choice yeah. for the lead. You yes. know, 
so one day, Ryan, I would love that. One day, I hope to see a movie with great casting in, and in the credits it'll say casting by Ryan Solinsky. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> I, fantasy we'll casting, like like the bellboy here should have been Rob Schneider. Like not the bellboy, yeah, the the, the desk reception guy, Rob Schneider. Who's the guy that plays Reed Richards in the original Fantastic Four? Uh, what was, the Roger Corman Fantastic uh, yeah, Four? Yeah, and he was in Titanic at the end. Uh, oh, I don't remember. Guy, yeah. He's a, he's Australian though. That guy, really? pretty sure. He's like Ian something. He, he, yeah. Well, I remember in Big Fat Liar, I made a case that Frankie Muniz's dad in that movie looked exactly like Reed Richards, <laughs> and he should have played Reed Richards in Look Fantastic Four. It's a very strong haircut. I like it. Mike Myers' haircut looks like ventriloquist dolls, but like it's very strong. No, I don't know. Did you guys not feel the same about this hotel? Like, I don't know. I felt like it gave so much verve and life to to the movie. Like, it had a, it was a character in itself. Like all the things there and the people within it. I don't know. It's I... kind of making me think of um the original Pink Panther film. Yes, which was also set in, entirely in a hotel, pretty much. Yeah, and oh my god, Anthony LaPaglia should be Clouseau. <laughs> <laughs> How good would that be? That would be great. I would love it. I mean, but... Peter Sellers is hard to top, but oh, would, Steve yeah. Martin definitely hard to top. <laughs> It's so weird because I've heard people who genuinely like those Steve Martin Pink Panther movies, and I'm like, have you seen the original ones? And there are some who's like, yeah, I have, but like, I really like those ones. And I'm like, did you see the original one after? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, and that answers it. Then you have like an attachment towards the Steve Martin ones. She's got a bandaid on her finger Ooh, from the telling. chop chop, the chop chop. Mike Myers being too funny. Yeah, I, I've often injured myself <laughs> yeah. with Mike Myers being too funny. Like, li- rolling down the ground. I remember really laughter. busting. Like, I felt like my rib was going to break the first time when I watched Wayne's World when he's doing the whole gun rack <laughs> thing. Because that's like my favorite part of that whole movie. Because it's so uncharacteristic of Wayne. It's just clearly Mike Myers reliving an experience. Because <laughs> Wayne isn't that, like, that aggressive of a character, but it's only with her, which yeah. I guess makes sense because it's like an ex-girlfriend, <laughs> but I love it. This pilot is Oh, you great. mean Stephen Wright? Yeah. You may remember him from Reservoir Dogs. You're listening to K-Billy's Super Sounds of the 70s. Yeah. That's him. And also as Mr... As M's dad in the Emoji movie. Oh, yeah, the Emoji movie, right. Yeah, right it was a hit, Luke. Now, Luke, so. Luke... You're the social justice one out of the three of us, so I've like got a big so. question for All you. Right. This dress style that was that is popular still and was very popular at this point, is it racist? Um, I don't know enough about its general wearing. Like, have, have, well, a lot of white like, ladies wear yeah. this very Asian aesthetic dress, and I'm just going, is yeah. it too cultural appropriate? I really can't say without more information. Because I am, I'm going to give you an opinion. I think yes. Every time I've seen white women wear those dresses in real I mean, life look, and in movies, I, I go. Don't think it my looks my, good, my instant but, reaction is know, this. Like, like it just yeah. doesn't. I just I go. Mm, no, yeah, no, I don't. No. I don't like. I don't like to see it, but I'm not sure if it's like considered offensive by people who. Uh, I don't know. I wonder. The culture from which it originates. What Japan? It looks Chinese to me. Chinese. Yeah, like, that's just it. I don't want to say because I don't actually. Yeah, I don't know. I I I don't know. It's just kind of like, mm, no. I think it's Chinese. No, thank you, honey. Like, yeah. put her in a different dress. Yeah, just a nice. It's also like, but you know, dress. you but you know what? I'll give the movie this defense. It makes sense for her character, because in her line of work, she wears cultural dresses because she's meets, meets of, of the, the world. world. And we've already That's seen right. her in three or four different attires like that yeah. so i give and it a bit even, of a pass and even though they were talking more united states they did make a point that she like has been around different places oh yeah thing, so yeah. yeah 
uh oh, Anthony Lovato is not having it. Oh, He's like no. a Stephen Wright asleep right now. Um, Bartek, of course, this is also a reunion show in the fact that in a moment we're going to have um, Charles Grodin's back. We haven't seen him mm. since The X. Have we? Was he the dad? Uh, yeah, he was the dad who got yeah. an alcohol problem. You didn't instantly recognize him with his cold demeanor in this movie? It didn't remind you of his warm there demeanor? Were no, there were no whales. Or hot lights? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck! Um, this guy's interesting. Yeah, look at he's his got jaw. he's got hair for sure. <laughs> like that's a thick head of hair. It looks like a Lego man's hair. You know when you pop them yeah. on to a man's head. Is he a concierge? No, he's oh yeah, he's probably the concierge. In here it says the concierge was played by Greg German with two ends. Oh, you know the best concierge scene. Or maitre d', he's a maitre d', more like, I think. Maybe he is a concierge, but he looks more like a maitre d' if he's in the restaurant part. But the best maitre d', the maitre d' sequence of choice is, of course, Blues Brothers. (laughs) The little girl! How much? (laughs) (laughs) How much for your wife and the little girl? And also the fact that they're throwing the little shrimps into each other's mouths and they're like, Chinking the wrong glasses and like, like oh you're using the wrong glass there. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best. Like you're gonna cost me my job. That's the best restaurant scene in any film ever, and I will fight you to the death, to the death. Now, Luke, remember the era in which a phone line could go out and you could not be able to contact yeah. anyone in the world ever again? Like you were fucked. It's a good thing you didn't have to call many people back then. I imagine being like an adult back then. It's the age-old thing. I've said this before. Thank God mobile phones weren't as prevalent, or else storytelling in this movie yeah. would be down the fucking toilet. Like, like they would have, have to show the tree hitting like the 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 place where you get mobile phones. The cell tower. The cell are you saying? Are you saying that you don't want this film to be resolved by a big Instagram following, like Annie? <laughs> Annie from 2014, yep, or the 1930s Annie. (laughs) Well, both, but I was talking about the 14 one, 2014. Here he is, Charles Grodin. He was great. Obviously, this is a little bit of a homage to one of his more popular movies, Beethoven. No, um, (laughs) uh, Midnight Run, which is the movie in which he's like a mild-mannered, kind of normal guy who kind of gets mistaken, identity, thingy, blah, blah, and gets handcuffed to Robert De Niro, and they run across the country and whatnot, and he's, like, uptight, and, like, like you know, that kind of movie has the May I Commandeer Your Vehicle, so it's kind of nice little homaging to, to that. I, That's I why it's kind of funny. If you look in the uh, background just now, it, we're not going to pan back, but there's a man who looks like Colonel Sanders. Oh, I actually did have that yeah, in my notes, actually. They, they, they mentioned him earlier on the film, so... Yeah, I wonder if it's foreshadowing. Oh. Uh-oh. Mike Myers is alone in the dark, and he's like, I've married a... Uh-oh. Wonderful woman. A tall lady. She is taller than him. But, God, is anyone taller than this guy's hair? <laughs> I mean, oh, it's Jesus. Hey, I got more important things to do, huh? <laughs> I love this. This is, like, so nightmarish. It is. Yeah. You know what would work better? Even... If they lifted them up and started, like, like, uh, like a Jewish wedding. Like, like oh, lifted them up. And, okay, yeah, oh, but instead of that, instead of that, they're singing the song that, that he's afraid of. Yeah, but yeah. in a very scary oh, yeah, way. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. I love, look at him. He's, this is terrifying. If this happened to me at a, rest, uh, like, at a fancy hotel on my honeymoon, I'll be fucking terrified. Your honeymoon's terrified. in a few months, right? 
Ryan. I'd be happen. fucking terrified. <laughs> I'd be yet again. I wouldn't want the bellboy with me. I'd I'd take the axe. Isn't that everyone in the mo- in the hotel is just like, oh, you're gonna fuck. Have fun. Well, yeah, it's a fuck hotel, Luke. They they know <laughs> their honeymoons. <laughs> Everyone's a honeymoon couple there, except for the ones who are celebrating their original the anniversaries and honeymoons. Yeah, anniversary moons. <laughs> like, I love that he runs away, but you know, I love off. even better the sound design of that, where it's someone else's voice clearly going <laughs> as he runs away, and I love it. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I love it. I also love the painting in the background here. He really adds to the um. Kind of biblical awakening of terror that's going to befall him in a second uh, here, and I really liked. It. I oh like that they have an axe in their room, as one tends to. Um, well, they know the title of the film. Yeah, were you like, bummed out that there weren't more axe murders in this movie? Well, like I was saying, it, it's a bit of a you know misleading title, a misnomer. I guess the Polish title you is know, "I Married accurate. a Murderess." Or what was the French one that trivia said? Yeah, it was something so basically similar. the same. Yeah. yeah, I was actually going to be like, oh, the French and Polish one will probably be similar. Oh man, Charles Grodin. I wish he was in the movie more. I love seeing Charles Grodin in everything it's, he's in. It's a film with a lot of one scene wonders. Well, I guess he's too technically. He could play but... the axe murderer. Fucking look at him. No, no. I think he would be better suited as just this guy who has nothing to do with anything, but he is just like mild manneredly giving a lift, but also very furious about it. Like I would be very <laughs> it's furious. Like, no, it's one of my favorite. Things. And then and then he goes home and he finds out that his son-in-law Zach Braff, and he's like, oh. <laughs> and then he starts drinking while mowing the lawn. <laughs> but then he gets some bad news oh, and he's very twist. happy about it. Oh shit. Carrot top Heads came up. back. <laughs> you think my bow shit? If the twist was that it was the redhead guy from the beginning of the movie, that would actually be great. That the aliens are great. actually his ex wives. I would love that. Husbands, I mean. I wrote this note. You're not supposed to be in the room. Yeah, she has a really unique way of speaking. Like, and she's in, uh, like, a good ton of things. Like, uh, I think, now I may be wrong, but she's in, uh, uh, have you guys heard or seen any of Phineas and Ferb? No. She does a voice of, like, the female bizarro version of the character of Dr. Doofenshmirtz. Uh, I do Dr. Doofenshmirtz. Dr. Doofenshmirtz, who's the greatest character in anything ever. Have you seen these, Bartek? No, in fact, if you listen to our episode on uh, the A-Team, I call the show Phineas and Herb, and you have, like, a (laughs) two-minute spiel about how funny that is. (laughs) Wow, the axe is actually making contact with this. uh, It's actually really funny now. But yeah, she does the voice of a female version, I'm pretty sure, a bizarre female version, and it's perfect. It's just perfect, because Dr. Doofenshmirtz is one of the greatest. Like, his whole thing is, he's like, he's an evil scientist who wants to take over the whole Chi-State area! Like, that's his big great ambitions and when he's not trying to do that the other story of him is back in my childhood i wasn't allowed to have this thing and it's like some and you see his old childhood and it's like in whatever fake version of fairy tale germany it's supposed to be and it's just like miserable but one of the best is with him just randomly while mike myers is getting axed to the face Oof. is dr doofenshmirtz is an enemy with perry the platypus and he's always like whenever perry comes in he's just like ah Perry, I've trapped you. And he has some like trap that comes out. 
he's sitting in a restaurant and Perry comes in and he's like about the jujitsu and he goes, ah, Perry, I've trapped you with social conventions. <laughs> and Perry like looks around and everyone's like looking at them like, oh, why, this is totally inappropriate for this restaurant. So Perry has to sit down and have a meal with him and he's like, ha ha ha. And it's one of the few if only traps that Perry can't escape from is social conventions. That's good. That and people have made him Thanos. Doofenshmirtz, really? where it's like Thanos has the Infinity Gauntlet, and he's just like, I'm going to snap my fingers and I'm going to give more resources to the <laughs> world because when I was a child, I was only allowed to eat half of a meal. And then someone whispers over, No, you're supposed to kill half the universe, but that's stupid. Why would I want to do that? Oh, <laughs> well, that's okay. Thanos is, is Rose insane. wearing like a plasticky thing. Yeah, she yeah. doesn't want to get blood on her. Fair enough. It's a smock. Schmuck. Oh, you could I think it makes that. sense for her because she's a murderess. Mm, she's done a few Do you think things. it's a sexist term to call female murderers murderess and not just murderers? No. Like an actress and a murderess? <laughs> Th- an oh, air stewardess actress is kind of like a defunct term in my opinion but well it mm. depends on the individual because some actors still like to be called actresses and some don't and some don't care mm, so true. it's like you'd use I've seen a lot of interviews where it's like uh Marco Robbie you're one of the best actors and actresses so it's like oh you're both uh, you, you nailed it uh, Tarantino, why don't you give her more lines of dialogue? I reject your hypothesis. <laughs> well, I know Tarantino that... lashes out. I know that with like she pop... sucks at this. Just prize fingers off. No, no, before. even better. Just walk over and aim. Not she's aiming vertically, yeah. not horizontally. Just aim horizontally. You just need to kneel we'll down and just start fingers. sawing on his fingers. Chop off she's... his or hit him in the face. I know she's angry and shit, but oh, knock him off with your body as he climbs. Oh, up. she's a little lady. Oh, yes. Did you see her in Pulp Fiction next to Tim Roth? Little... <laughs> you are very I need to, I need to pee. <laughs> Her oh, best line wow. in Pulp Fiction. She's an axe thrower. I mean, I mean I've never thrown... Okay, was it me or was there a gag that was removed from this sequence here? Because he was standing... Like, he was over the window and you saw some movement. And, yeah. But you didn't see him look Maybe in and be like, whoa. Mic, and then people below mic. are having sex and they're like... Oh, like you know what I mean like usually that's a gag that could have been yeah I feel like they removed a gag yeah. there I don't know like I was like is it my copy like I don't know like no, I feel like, like it didn't happen in my one I feel like there's a gag that's missing there but maybe it was just too inappropriate for this oh, climax yeah, because you know I think at this point they're focusing more on the thrilling adventures of Mike Myers getting an axe to what his face was, what if it was just a polite gentleman with a big moustache that goes hello and that's it <laughs> I would love it he's just waving hello you know I would love it even better if it's that caterpillar from Labyrinth. It's like, hello. I'm, not, I, I'm just a worm. <laughs> yeah, I'm just a worm. Hello. Oh, she's going full psycho what for the hell? Look at these faces. I mean, Battle of the I faces. love the fact that he gets kicked in the balls. He looks at us like, uh, but then I love that he kicks her in the vagina and it does give her an effect. It's usually in movies and shows. It's like you kick a woman there and it's like <laughs> nothing happened. Mm. As someone who's kicked a woman in the vagina accidentally, I can tell you it does give a strong reaction. I mean, no, you're literally kicking a person, so it should yeah. be something. Oh, yeah. But I mean, you know, in fairness, if I kicked you in the butt, it would mm. hurt far less than if I... I kicked you in the stomach. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and I think the thought process is, well, with a lady, theirs are internal, so if you hit them there, it's not going to hurt as much. Uh, kicked anywhere still hurts. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. you hit the knife that I keep in my panties. Yeah, exactly. 
Uh, but uh, yeah, I love. It always makes me think of King of the Hill, mm, where, where, where 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 Bobby is. That's like, my purse. Give it back or something like that. Yeah, and he kicks her, and she's just like mm-hmm. <laughs> Peggy. <yeah. laughs> we all agree that Peggy's the best character in King of the Hill, right? I'm not too familiar with this, but maybe it's Peggy. It's Peggy. She's a boggle champion. It's Peggy. Is yours not Stephen Root? Oh, he's a secondary character. Like, oh, main character. Yeah, out of the main people. Oh. Because well, I mean, Stephen Root doesn't appear as much. Like, he's there in every episode, but he doesn't... In every he, intro, right? Yeah, yeah, but you know what I mean. He doesn't mm. even always speak at every intro. But I love Peggy. I guess by that logic, in the Simpsons intro, they do have, like, the music teacher. Who yeah, exactly. Remembers. Yeah, and the... Uh, and uh, the uh, what's his name the psych uh, the TV anal- like the TV psychologist guy oh Marvin Monroe yeah Marvin Monroe he's oh, in there in the wow. intro and every one of them yeah. too for is, a while isn't the guy from like the first season the bowling guy also in the yeah, yeah 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 <laughs> I was in like Homer did you put your head in the shine or no ball? no no the one who Marge nearly the has French an affair one. with oh Jacques Jacques, Jacques. pick up pick up the I think pick up Homer I think he's in the sequence <laughs> where Bart's like skateboarding through the town I'm also pretty sure the um, babysitters in there too like from the first oh, yeah, season yeah. as well so. But um, the movie is coming to the thrilling climax in which we will see them smile and laugh at each other. Well, we've passed the climax. Uh, the Conclusions, th- I think, the word. Thrilling climax. I did, I did and now we're at the conclusion. <laughs> right, now, it's a reverse of the image at the beginning. Now, Bartek, let's hear your review and rating of this fantastic movie. Yes. So I married a axe murderer. <laughs> I like it. I loved it. It was a great film. What what did, what did uh, do you know what Rodrigo thought? Uh, he gave it two point five out of four. <laughs> I but I think his his words. In fact, I think it's even mentioned on the Wikipedia reception thing. I think he called it like mediocre, and that there's a good film. Yeah, there's a good film hiding inside. It's yeah, yeah. To be let out. Um, Rodrigo, <laughs> his review from the Chicago Sun Times described the film as a media a mediocre fi- movie with a good one trapped inside, wildly signaling to be let free. You rated it two and a half stars out of four. But what's your rating? My rating is a gajillion out of a gajillion beat poets. Ah, uh, nice. I yeah, I I was pleasantly surprised by this film because you know this has been a long build up for me, like ten or eleven years. It could have just been like an, a realization of oh, this is why I haven't heard anything about it. This is why no one talks about it when they talk about Mike Myers. But no, I think it's solid. I don't think it was mediocre. I think it had, you know, good comedic moments, excellent cameos, just overall pleasant. And, I, you know, I, I really liked the recurring beat poetry there, like, even though there is a joke to it. It's like, oh, you know, it's the same poem, different words every time, and, you know, it's silly. It sounds nice. I like the music. I like... I like the presence of San Francisco in this film. I, I re- oh, you mean New York? Yeah, oh, sorry, New York, Hudson River, LA, New York Prison <laughs> yeah. Island, Austin, Austin, Nashville, <laughs> um, Dolly Parton. Yeah, I, I just I think this film is really good. I definitely would have watched this many times growing up if I, you if would I have. knew of it. I, I know you would have. Yeah, I like Mike Myers is great. I'm glad I saw this film. I'm glad too. Um, my turn. 
I love this movie, of course. I thought it was interesting. I'd seen this before, but I had left it long enough to re—you know reintroduce it to myself. It was a wonderful experience. I think that, oddly enough, you know, a little, you know, an episode or two ago now, we did uh, The Cable Guy. Yes. And I think this movie would go really well. As a double feature with the cable guy. Mm. I think so. I really enjoyed this. I thought it was a fun experience. And I would recommend it for all ages. I mean, it, it has a fun atmosphere. You know, it's interesting to see Mike Myers not playing a caricature. Like, you know, like Wayne is a caricature of those metal heads from the 80s and 90s. And yeah. Austin Powers is obviously a spoof on James, James Bond. Bond and the British kind of 60s mania. And... And, you know, the love guru was spoofing, what's his name, that even appeared in the movie? The, I can't remember his name, the, the, like the, the Indian mystic. Yeah, 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 that's right. Um, yeah. yeah, but I can't remember his name off the top of my head. But uh, I recommend this, I loved it. Uh, if I had to give this film a rating, it's hard not to just do the poetry thing, it's so hard. <laughs> I was gonna, I, my rating was going to be like, ah, ah, but you've stolen it, so no, it's okay. I, think I give this a try it. out of star. That's a lot. Luke, let's hear from you. Okay, I think this film really shone in its uh, supporting characters, like oh, the biggest of the bunch being Anthony LaPaglia. Uh, yeah. He felt like, yeah, I really felt like he had a probably fleshed out character. He had some excellent comedic moments, and he was just, just generally interesting to, to watch. Yeah. I liked this bit where it's like, oh, being a cop isn't as fun as it is on TV. I yeah, he I named off Slasky and Hutch a lot. I kind of felt for him in that moment. And also, well, you know, Alan Arkin, Phil Hartman... Um, the, Michael Richards. Yeah, my, Michael Richards, the guy in the car whose name escapes me. Charles Grodin. Thank you, Charles Grodin. Oh, Charlie. Yeah. Um, I can see why this film didn't do as well as Wayne's World because he had just come off a big high and he probably, maybe he thought that he could kind of coast or just cruise. Uh, yeah, movie. and Wayne's World comes from a pre-established fan base already. Yeah, People already like those characters. Yeah. And also, he, kind of him and his dad were the two main silly yeah, people in this sort of... I mean, I guess when they go to the hotel, that's a thing. That's but, crazy, Tom. But, oh, the, ho- yeah. the hotel is probably one of my favorite sequences, just because there's a lots of like little funny things, like when he's like, "Stay for a nightcap," and the bellboy fucking runs. Yeah, off. exactly. <laughs> Interestingly enough, I noticed uh, in the credits there, um, assistant to Mike Myers, uh, Frederick Walsh, also played the bellboy. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, I also it. noticed that someone was called Uncle Something Something, Uncle. so <laughs> they really so need to include that. Uh, at any rate, um, while well, certainly not my favourite Mike Myers movie, that's Cat in the Hat. <laughs> <laughs> you dirty um, hoe. This was good enough for me to see past its flaws. And to see that? its roof. And to see its roof. So I give this film... Uh, oh, what do I give this film? Uh, I give this film several minutes of overly verbose poetry out of ten. There um, you go. I was hoping you would do the poetry. Sin- oh, oh that's it. In in um, yeah. In in uh, Twenty One Jump Street, isn't it Cynthia? Si- I think so. Yeah. Cynthia, Cynthia. Yeah, Jonah, you rip that off. I'm fucking suing you on behalf of Michael Myers. I'm suing you. But if you- the serial killer Michael Myers, <laughs> who gets a lot of landslide cases for Michael Myers. They cut out all of Michael Myers' beat poetry in those films. Oh, man. Michael Myers is known for speaking a lot of words. He also, <laughs> the man who played Michael Myers, The Shape, otherwise known as, directed uh, Major Pain, let's no. not forget. Well, the, oh, in, the, in the Halloween Major remakes, you see Michael Myers as a kid, and he like, screams a bit, I think. Yeah, there you go. He screams. Well, oh, you're Rob talking Zom- about the Rob Zombie Rob ones? Zombie ones yeah. <laughs> no, you get a whole fucking 
first hour of that. <laughs> but what did the interweb have to say about so I married an axe murderer? Yep, I, there were a couple of uploads of the trailer on YouTube. I, I, I looked through all of them, but I found four comments from just one of them. Most of the uploads about this film are, you know, the movie clips. Of right, course. Channel. Yes. Classic. Yep, so this is what I've gathered from YouTube. <clears throat> First comment. One of my top five movies. I use this to judge people. If you don't like <laughs> this movie, then we can't be friends. Wow. I use, I, I, I use is... it to judge people in other ways, too. <laughs> like, now, My you've now, jury, do you find Luke guilty <laughs> of the crime of homicide? Well, we we find the innocent, we find the uh, plaintiff innocent. Well, tough as <laughs> shit, because he did not like Axe my, my so I made an Axe murderer, so innocent, guilty. <laughs> <laughs> well, he didn't seem to like the movie, so we're putting him away. Well, that's just your opinion. The facts say otherwise. Well, that's just your opinion, man. Yeah, well, that's just like your opinion, man. The next comment is, This movie is actually pretty underrated. I found it funny and entertaining. Anybody looking for a great laugh should watch it. I give this movie a 6.8 out of 10 stars. Um, the rating doesn't really match up. No, it doesn't, does it? The words. Yeah. Get I was used expecting an 8. Get, get, get used to that. Mm. I like reviews like that, though, because they're just so seemingly like, innocent and just like, oh, I had a good time. I had a good time. Get on you, mate. Get on you. Here's my email address. Email me about your for good time. Fun laughs. Good time. The idiot reviews. Uh, the next comment is, I feel like... We have a piper down would have been a meme if the internet was popular back when this was released. We Anyone else agree? We have a piper. <laughs> What's that referring to? That's when um, they're at the wedding and the bagpipe guy falls down. Yeah, that's right. And he we says, "Ah, we have a piper down." No, no one responded <laughs> to this, but the comment got six likes. I I agree. Do you like? I will like. I'll find this in like. But I'm not a big meme fan. What? Luke's the meme I fan. I do not like memes. Your lit totes fam, but twenty blaze it smoke weed every day. Yeah, Snoop Dogg did play Huggy Bear, and Huggy Bear was referenced at the beginning of this film. It was so they're the same universe there, but it's not Julia Louise Dreyfus. So, uh. <laughs> the final comment that I've gathered from YouTube is terrible movie. I only saw it because it had a great title, and Nancy Travis was attractive with her large mouth. <laughs> 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 Does she have a smaller mouth now, and that's why they're not attracted to her anymore? With her large mouth. I mean, I thought it'd be like large. I didn't even think it was. Uh, she doesn't even have large no, breasts. But didn't. I didn't even notice way. that she had a large mouth. I no, just noticed mouth. that she had really nice curly hair. And you like, did yeah, mention she was, was nice. tall. Oh, no, she was tall next way. to Mike Myers, yeah. who I imagine everyone is tall next to, including Danny DeVito. <laughs> so, so now we've come now. to the. It's me, Detective Pikachu here. <laughs> We've now come to the IMDb review I gathered, which... It's the Vidiot Reviews. <laughs> it's not the Vidiot. You should have um, checked if you reviewed it, though. The Vidiot has reviewed over a thousand films on IMDb. It's very I hard. think we've read a few of his reviews on before, I swear. At least two, I think, yeah. <laughs> um, so th this is a very enthusiastic IMDb review. Yes. The title is Rose Jailbird. Dot, dot, dot. All right, then. It is... I can't wait for their review of Titanic to be this. <laughs> uh, it's from the 22nd of May 2000, so we just passed its 19-year anniversary. Oh, I love that. And it is a 10 out of 10 review. R.I.P. Oh, no. review. Yep. Uh, the beginning of this review uh, 
pretty much quotes the the poem from earlier, so I, I'll have to do that. Okay. <clears throat> Betty, Judy, Josie, and those hot pussy cats. They make me horny Saturday morning. Jane, get me off this crazy thing called love. My God, may all seven rings of Dante's Inferno fall upon those heads which have clicked six as a rating. Wow. To hell I cast thee. What an amazing catharsis. <laughs> Oh, this is a Knight Templar writing. We're like a fifth of the way through, and you can tell what I mean by energetic. Oh, God. To hell! (laughs) To hell I cast thee! What an amazing catharsis for Mike Mayer's true talent. (laughs) To hell I cast you! Wayne's World? Sure, it was good. Part two proved to be just as good, if not better. And in brackets, in brackets, and if you didn't laugh your ass off to the mere sound of weird naked Indian guy, you have problems. <laughs> Hello! But damn, what a great movie Axe Murderer is. The opening sequence just sets the tone. We follow what seems to be a tub, or T-U-B, it's on all caps, of cafe whatever. Lo and behold, it lands right into the hands of one Charles Mackenzie, a second-generation Irishman. No! He's Scottish, you idiot. <laughs> I cast you to hell! <laughs> to hell I cast thee. <laughs> to hell I cast thee! Oh, thee, that famous, that famous Portuguese phrase? Like a... <laughs> uh, uh, the second-generation Irishman turned wise-ass. He delicately holds... <laughs> That's even more confusing. <laughs> like, he wasn't an Irishman. He tried to be a full-on wine last Yeah, you time. know that thing that you decide to be one day? Yeah. You just wake I up grow. and go, mm, I'm tired of accounting. Wise-assery is what I'm going to be. Go on. He delicately, he delicately holds the robust... He put an E at the end of robust. 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 And says to us, the waitress... Um, excuse me, I think I order the large cappuccino. Hello! Jeez, look at this thing. It looks like Campbell's Cappuccino. And the facial expressions, body gestures. Oh my. <laughs> Comedic genius, flat out. Yeah. Mike Mayers, if you are reading this... <laughs> Who the fuck is Mike Mayers? To be fair, he spells it M E. Y-E-R-S. So it's probably pronounced the same, but I, I have to differentiate yeah. it from the actual Oh, Oi, Mike Mayers, if you are reading this, you're going to be like, I wasn't in this movie, but <laughs> Mike Mayers. Mike Mayers so... up on Facebook. Mike Mayers, if you are reading this, you are a great, great comedian slash actor. You've done a hell of a job with So I Married and your powerhouse movies, both Austin Powers, good stuff, my friend. That's right, there's only two at this point, yeah. Yep. Uh, this is from 2000s, two years before. I wonder what their thoughts were on the third one. Mm. Uh, keep it up and tell Dana, in brackets, Carvey, I said to get well. Aww. Hey, it's never too late to do it. A- <laughs> Was Dana not okay? Are <laughs> uh, you okay? Is that something you that okay? I didn't know? You okay, Dana? Is, is the thing... In 2000, I don't know. Was the thing of not being okay was not predicting that the Master of Disguise will be filmed on the day that 9-11 happened and then <laughs> they had to take a visual of silence? Yeah, this is uh, over a year before. Get well, Dana. <laughs> yep. All right, yeah. Dana. Don't worry, I'll tweet Dana to say that. <laughs> don't worry. 
hey, it's never too late to do a part three of Wayne's World. Wayne's World, it's party time. Excellent, Wayne's World. Mike, you're a 10. Behave. Oh, I shan't. Wow. And that's the review. I think Mike Myers wrote this I review. cast thee to hell. <laughs> to hell I cast thee. To hell I cast thee. Okay. The seventh ring Should of it you shall suit us. And that's wow. a 10 out of 10 review. That That's, that's a <laughs> Thank you very much. Luke, a pleasure as always to have your Italian viewpoint on this Thank Irish you. film. We've had uh, and Chinese sure, dress. Yeah, there's... Uh, <laughs> We've had meets of the world, man. You know, meets had, of the world. We didn't see them. We didn't see them throw like a, a spaghetti meatball at them or no, something. They like some like baklava and some sausage. Ah, yes, my favorite Italian food, baklava. baklava. I was thinking the Simpsons. No, no, no. That's crap. What was it? The Simpsons, the nine eleven episode where he's waiting at the stand and he's like, "Do you want some crab juice or some Mountain no. Dew?" And then he's like, "Cow clash." Cockwash, <laughs> and then he just throws like it's just this weird meat on a stick. There was a 9 11 episode? Well, it's before 9 11. It's when Homer's car is parked between the Twin oh, Towers. Oh, the Twin Towers episode, yeah. right. When I say 9 11, I mean. Yep. Now we look at it and go, whoopsie. I, I, I get it. The when city they, of 9-11. <laughs> the New York episode where Homer hates New York yeah. beforehand, and then it solidifies his hatred of it even more. We didn't see the Twin Towers in this film. No, because it was set actually in Nashville. We went over this. Yeah, Jacksonville. So, guys, you guys have been fantastic, amazing, wonderful listening Thank people. You. As always, Bartek, a pleasure. I just remembered something a few episodes back. We made a prediction at the end of the episode that we would be saying certain words in the next episode. Yeah, we And we just it. never did that. I know, I was. I what thought I, about that the other week. I thought about it literally last night, and I woke up in a hot sweat. I'm like, oh, God, the listening people will be like, you didn't do it. Yeah. And I'm like, well, time's not linear, man. It's fluid like a bowl. So... Thank you very much. You can find us on all the. You can find us on the Facebook and the Twitter. Spit and Polish presents on any podcast platforming site. We're there. Give us a rating and review for ones that allow it, like the Apple Podcasts and and Stitcher and you know whatever else. Spread us around like the disease we are, or else we shall murder you with kindness. We don't have an axe here. I have a saw. I could saw you in half, but I don't have an axe. I'm afraid. I guess until next time, listening people. Ach! Be ach to each other. That was. <laughs> I wasn't planning on doing any more. I was just gonna be like, just remember, ach! Unless you want to do another preview. Um, no. But we could. Remember, pe- remember people! I can't do it, like. Remember people! To be kind, kind to each, each other. other. The. The.